the return is here. College Kings is back for another week. Nate Dog is here. And as of course, CDM. How are we doing, brother? What is good, everybody? Always a pleasure being back on the greatest podcast that I've ever been a part of. Love it. Hey, Um, couldn't have said it any better myself there. Couldn't I mean, you know, it's the best it's best thing on Mondays. Yeah. Get college, you get Monday night football and you get college kings on Mondays. What what more could you ask for? Can't can't ask for much more, bro. Cannot. Exactly. But we had a had a bunch. I mean, it wasn't the most exciting week for college football, but you know, it was there were some upsets. There were some uh gritty games for sure, but we'll get into those in a minute. We actually have some other news to catch up on. Yes, we got a lot, man. I mean, you can see right right down here. Right down here. Yeah, in our new little bar right here. Got a little new bar, kind of showing what we might be talking about, also where you can follow us, so you don't have to listen to the end to find out, even though we, we suggest you to listen to the end. Uh, listen to the end. Yeah, we got a little bit of extra things, extra elements we're going to test out. It's, it, something might not, some probably will not go right. It's, this is how it works out. But we're, we're going to test some extra things out with this pod and show you all some videos and some sound bites and you know just kind of go over the whole slate. There were some headlines that caught you know caught some people's eyes that we'll kind of go over some coaches talking about their wins, their losses. So some teams gone, some teams dead, some teams are still alive even without their best player. So we'll talk about that, and of course we will recap last week's games in college football. As always, a lot of big games there, a lot of big moments. And then we'll hit our mid-stretch, you know, our seventh-inning stretch, if you want to go MLB with the World Series on as well currently. Oh, um, yeah, that is on right now. Yep. Uh, Let's go Diamondbacks. Yeah, I'm hoping, man. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about our top six teams as always and give our Heisman watch as it that, – that, that's kind of leveling out. Yeah, there's kind of oh, like, yeah. three I, guys. I'm pretty, uh, after the next coming up weeks, it's going to have to be a solidified – who's going to be that top five for sure. But we'll get back. We'll get into that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, start, off, start us off with those headlines, brother. What we got? Oh, yeah, man. Hey, a lot of, a lot of good things to talk about here. We're going to get right into one of the biggest controversies, you know, in all of sports technically. But football, it's been a big – a lot of noise. A lot of noise in college football and NFL when it comes to refs and certain calls. Once again, we see a certain call being called in college football that – has, you know, are the consequences too harsh? Even if you go to replay and you get this one and they check it and they say it's still targeting, what are we doing? Like, what are we... So Officiating has been very, very iffy these past few weeks in both college and NFL. Yes. But the play that I know, the play that you're talking about, um, you know, we're about to roll the clip. It's just... It's just like not the best call. I mean, let the guy, let the boys play, man. You gotta let the boys play. So yes, once again, if you all want to see this, go to the YouTube and watch the video version. Uh, for people that are listening, we'll give you all the best commentary we can give here. So we'll give you all run the clip here of the targeting. Boom, 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 baby. Lower the shoulder. Look at that. Shiloh Sanders laying the wood, looking pretty clean to me right here. I mean, you could see, see you could see anything, the crown honestly. of the helmet. You see the crown of the helmet hit the face mask. But that's it, and it's hit. The thing for me is he's not he's not going head hunting. He's just oh tra- yeah no. It's just a big hit, man, to the chest. And I, it's a college football. I mean, it's a football hit, man. I mean, yeah, he. I mean, yes, the the helmet did hit the face mask, but if you look at it, he is leading with the shoulder to the shoulder pad. Yes. 
I mean, targeting is leading with the crown of the helmet to the head or neck area. And I, I mean, you can't classify the shoulder as the head or neck area, in my opinion, yeah. especially if two shoulder pads connect. That is, that's just a, that's just a boomstick right there, dude. I mean, yeah, just, hey, I mean, that's wow. prime time. I mean, that's prime time junior right there laying the boom and you just can't, you got to let the boys play. So I don't really, I don't really agree with that being a targeting call per se. Um, I mean, Honestly, it shouldn't have been even a penalty at all. I think he should have been – I mean, it's a big boy play. I mean, get up and run the next play. But I, I know you're trying to keep players safe, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's football. Yep. You got to let them play football. And Shiloh came out on Instagram or on social media and was saying, bring back old school football. Hmm. And I agree with him. I mean, yes, keep the players safe, but don't take away the excitement and the fun of the sport when it comes to big hits like that. I mean, we've seen big hits through our years of watching football. I've seen players get smacked on kickoff returns and no penalties. Hmm. But, I mean, a hit like that, that's just a great play by a great football player right there. Yeah, I mean, you kind of said it best. Even if you think it's a, a a targeting, if that's what you want to call it, if that's a textbook, if they go to review, they say that's a targeting. All right, cool. The point for me now is why are we throwing out these players when the NFL doesn't even throw out a player for head-to-head contact? They Exactly. And yeah, I get it. They find them like crazy after the game and can you do that in college football? Maybe it's possible now with the NIL deals, but not everybody's getting that all that bread. I mean, you, know, you could, you totally could find them. Yeah. I mean, but Shiloh Sanders could. easily you could you could find a guy with that much NIL money. But you go are you going to find the second string middle, middle linebacker for La Tech? You can't do, you can't do that because he doesn't. Yeah, no. he's not getting the, the NIL deal. So it's it's a game to play. I don't understand. I don't know how you fix it. I don't love the whole. To throw a player out of the game for the targeting. You got oh, immediately. It was it was like that. Snap the finger. I mean, they. Uh, I mean, they automatically just said, "Hey, that's targeting. Let's get him out of there." Yeah. It wasn't targeting. It was a clean hit. And I, I mean, and I, I understand the game's kind of getting soft when it comes to get with big hits like that. Once again, sa- player safety is the biggest concern for both college, NFL, high school. Everything about the sport is about the safety of the player. Yep. But I mean, if you're making a play, I mean, that's a football play. I mean, are you gonna? I mean, are you gonna throw somebody out because they take they hit the quarterback and they go down? I mean, I saw okay, so I saw this play this past Sunday, and a player got penalized for roughing the passer because he hit, took the quarterback down, hit him right in the rib cage, nowhere near the upper body at all, hit him right in the abdomen, took him down and fell, and they threw a flag on him, called it roughing the passer. Do you want these players? Do you want these players, these 300-pound linemen, to stop in midair yeah. when you wrap somebody up? What's the point of teaching tackling and OTAs or training camps or anything? Like, I mean, what are we doing? You might as well just turn the game into a two-hand touch or flag football sort of deal. Yep. Play the game. If you if you see a 300-pound lineman fall, I mean, it's a fall, dude. Now, if you see somebody just dive on the quarterback when he's on the ground, obviously, yes, unnecessary roughness, roughing the passer or going below the waist is roughing the passer. Hitting him in the abdomen, that's a clean hit, man. Yep. I mean, you cannot tell me that that's not that should not be a penalty at all. And uh officiating has been it's been iffy these past couple of weeks as I said before year. in both Whole leagues. Year, I mean, it's been terrible. I mean, it's kind of just taken the fun out it's taken the fun out of football a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Once again, player safety is a big thing, but 
I want to see I, – I miss the excitement. I miss the explosions. I mean, when Ed Reed, Choroy, right. Palomalu, all those boys out there back in the day laying the boomstick, getting paid millions to lay the boomstick. Now these days you can't do it. If you, like, touch the quarterback on the shoulder pad after the play, you're getting fined 50K and get probably tossed out of the game. Yep. So, I mean, officiating has to be better. Clean hit, in my opinion. Um all I can really say about that one right there. Yeah, I mean, even recently I saw on the Pat McAfee show of the Harrison Smith for the Vikings talking about how he has had to change his entire, like, M.O. You know, he used to be the heat sick. He was the hitman. They call him yeah. the hitman. And he had to change his whole M.O., his whole – not even M.O. He's still a hard hitter, but he had to change his style of football because he can't he, – he doesn't want to – if he knows if he lays the wood on this player – He's going to be getting that fine in the mail the next day, you know, and he doesn't want it. Yeah. Who wants to be paying fines? I know some of that's nothing to them, you know. A, a well, I mean, 20... Tyreek Hill, Tyree Hill scored a touchdown on Sunday against uh, against the Patriots. Uh, fins up, by the way. And um, he didn't celebrate. And the reporter was like, why didn't you celebrate on that? He's like, I'm sick and tired of getting fined. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of getting fined 42, 50K because I want to do a celebration. Yeah. It's fun. Let Like, okay, so first off, Stephon Diggs did not get penalized when he cracked open two beers on the sideline. He didn't get, but his, he did get fined. They did fine him. Oh, he did. Oh, they did find him. Okay, yeah. I retract that statement. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's stuff like that. So, I mean, penalizing players for do, getting a phone and doing a backflip for so you know stupid. for the snap or for the story or just like you know stuff like that. I mean, you're making players change as as you said. You're making players change their way they play the game their entire lives, and mm. it's ridiculous. It is because I don't get it. Like I understand the whole safety thing, but like you're this sport is always trying to find new people, new um new audiences. The whole Taylor Swift thing, however you felt about it, it was good for the sport. This whole thing about getting rid of the fun in football. It's like, what do we, why? Like, it, wouldn't you think that would bring more people and bring in more money instead of finding and penalizing all these players and, and kids in college that are just out there having fun? I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. When it comes back to this targeting, man, whatever. If you think it's targeting, all right. I don't agree with ejecting, especially in college, these youngsters that are still. Oh, yeah, no, dude. I mean, let them play the game, man. I mean, worry about they'll have to worry about that when they get into the league for sure. But right now, I mean, if if I see a hit like that, I'm keeping the flag in the pocket. I I mean, I'm not I'm not even touching it because that's clean hit. He just laid the boom. Like, I mean, hit stick, baby. Come on. Oh, I mean, just laid him out. Yeah. Now, like, if you want to penalize him for the celebration, yeah, I understand that. But, I mean, for the hit, no way. I mean, Dion came out and said that Shiloh is basically prime time. Like, I mean, there's a difference between both the kids. Shador is like Dion. Shiloh is prime time. So, I mean, you just got to, I mean, let the boys play. Let the boys play the game, what they've always been coached to do. Yeah, 100% agree. We could talk about targeting all day. Let's keep this thing rolling, though. We had a coach talking smack about another coach. And then he returns the favor in the post-game interview. Pre-game, Dan Millen had some choice words about uh, Kirby Smart. And Kirby Smart, you know, he, he had to respond. Flat back. Hey, they, th- they talked about how he's going to lose. They talked about how he's going to lose. Kirby said, what the hell is going on? We're still winning. We haven't lost in like two years. So this is what Kirby Smart had to say about Dan Mullins picking the Florida Gators, I think. Uh, in their game this Saturday. 
And I don't, I don't see it or hear it, but I know it's out there. Somebody texted me before the game. It's like all these people predicting that, uh, that we're not going to, you know, we're, we're not going to uh, win today. And I'm just like, golly, you know, where's that coming from? It's supposed to be my friend. <laughs> he didn't like to recruit those so it's, 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 it's two more questions. And I. Kirby with the clap back. I love that. I love that from Kirby. Cannot count. Hey, man, I don't like Georgia, but I respect Kirby Smart as a coach because he came from Alabama. Dan Mullins has no reason to be talking. No. Dan Mullins. How many? Okay, so if you look at it, Dan Mullins has beat Kirby Smart one time since he was the head coach at Florida. I think so. I think he's only beat him one time, and it was when Florida had, you know, the stack team with Trask, Pitts, Tony, had that team. But, I mean, for him to come out and say that kind of shows, like, some character around Dan Mullins. I mean, I understand, you know, there's a rivalry between those two historic teams and what they come from. But at the end of the day, I mean, you have to respect what Kirby's done for the game for sure. I mean, mean, he hasn't lost a game. He hasn't lost a game. He's two-time national championship coach. Dan Mullins – Dan Mullins is Dan Mullins. Like, I mean, what has Dan Mullins done? He didn't win anything at Mississippi State. He was the he was the AP coach. He was a they were number one in the AP for like one week, two weeks when he was the Mississippi State head coach. Came to Florida, didn't do anything at Florida. Didn't went to an SEC championship, lost, Couldn't lost to LSU. I mean, you can't. I mean, if I'm you, shut your trap, man. I mean, let Kirby do what he has to do. And Kirby snapped back. Uh, wasn't disrespectful. You know, it was funny. It was playful. But, I mean, at the end of the day, let Kirby do what he needs to do. And that's continue to win games, continue to show dominance for sure. Yeah, I love it. I love the the smack talk back and forth. You know, listen, listen, brother. I'm a natty champ. You couldn't even recruit in Florida, one of the biggest high school, you know, hot spots in the country. You chill out. I was taking all your recruits. I know you're mad. It's okay. I love this. I love this heel move from Kirby Smart. Just, just a little context here. Dan Mullen's coaching record, <laughs> one hundred and three and sixty one. Hey, winning record. Right. Not, not it's bad. not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, Kirby Smart, <laughs> uh, eighty nine and fifteen. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Let's be completely honest right here. I mean, Dan Mullen. Yes, Kirby Smart at the time was during that time when Dan Mullins was winning. He was on Alabama's coaching staff, but also was one of the greatest defensive coordinators to play the game. And he carried that over, and I promise you, Kirby did not disappoint when he got to Georgia. Yeah, there were some ups and downs, but he finally got the pieces together and started clicking. Once again, I don't have to like Georgia, but I respect Kirby and what he's doing for the game. Dan Mullins, on the other hand, uh, as you said, Kirby's stealing all of his recruits. He couldn't really recruit in Florida, and Florida's known for having outstanding recruits in high school. Yes, And Kirby's over here. Kirby's a state away pickpocketing out of his back pocket, taking his players. I mean, now in the NI, now in transfer portal, he's just taking everybody off of his roster now. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to say his roster because he doesn't even coach anymore. (laughs) I understand he is a coach. He was a coach. He can give his opinion, but you don't coach anymore. You're Mm -hmm. not on the sidelines knowing what's happening. You're in the booth. You're giving your opinion. And right now, I mean, in my my opinion – Dan Mullen's opinion shouldn't even matter to Kirby Smart. Kirby just needs to let that stuff just roll off the shoulder and continue to what you're doing, and that is, once again, dominating. Yep, 100%. Let the pundits talk. This guy, 
He's a nobody at this point, man. Kirby's that guy. Um, um, I mean, stole the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, I mean, hey, I bet there's a, a lot of Mississippi State fans that are happy that he said that. They're probably Kirby fans now, if we're being honest, because I know a lot oh, of State 100%. fans that do not like old Dan Mullins or Florida, Florida fans as well. All right, let's keep this thing rolling to another coach. Lost another game. They're on top of the college it's football world couple, for, a know, while. for a while. You know, it's been about seven years now. It's been a minute, but, you know. Top of the world in college football, and now not rock bottom, but it's getting close. You know, hot, oh, dude, it's it's basically rock bottom for Clemson dude, at this point. Like, I mean, hot. I I haven't seen Clemson get. I haven't seen Clemson lose four games ever. <laughs> When's the last time we saw that? All right, like early two thousand tens, maybe. We gotta see this. All right, Clemson football records. All right, give your guess. Give your guess. What year? Uh, how many? How many losing seasons? Four, four, last time they had four losses. What what year? Uh who I want to say 20, 2014. Oh, that was close. That was close. Oh, what that, was it, 2013? That was close. Three losses that year. It was actually 2011. That was the last time they oh. had four losses. So um yeah, I mean this team's been great for a very long time. I mean, yeah, the team's been dominant. I mean, I mean, at one point it was it was Alabama and Clemson back to back national championships almost every year. I mean, yep. but now it's just college football starting to catch up. I think. Yes, I, I, college football yeah. is evolving into something bigger. Comes with the NIL deals. Comes with the transfer portal. Those are the two big things right there. Recruiting is getting a lot harder because these recruits want money now. And Dabo, Dabo's not really going after it. Dabo's not really using the transfer portal as it is. But run that clip, brother, and let's see what this man has to say. Yeah, let's see what Dabo had to say after the loss. He does take it on the chin. I respect what he has to say. Some of the things he says are not the greatest. But let's <laughs> let's hear what Dabo has to say here. Try to find a way to win a game, and uh, you know the number one way to win a game is is you know not lose a game, not beat yourself, do some of the little things better. And, and right now He's we're so not smart. doing that. And again, that's. That's 100% my responsibility. Uh, so uh, there's not much other than I can say. I mean, you guys saw the game, and, you know, um, every loss we've had, a couple plays. Um, and, again, proud of the guys for competing. They never, absolutely never quit, even a chance all the way down to the last play there. Um, but uh, it's just not good enough, and that's my responsibility. Try to find a way to win a game. Right. And, uh, you know, the number one. Dabas Sweeney. There, he was about to go in repeat mode, but yep, that's what Dabo had to say about another it, loss, four losses, like we said. Uh, so, CDM, what's your thoughts on those yeah. comments? And hey, is Clemson is Clemson dead, man? Are they dead? Oh yeah, Clemson's been dead. Clemson's done. Mm-mm. Like after that third loss, Clemson's just over. But it's just a, it's the quote that he said. He's like, well, you get to to win more games, you can't, or to lose, to not lose more games, you got to win. You don't say, you don't say, but that's not one. Like I found that funny. Cause I mean, that's very like, that's the like most biggest thing. Like, yeah, you have to win to not lose, but also Dabo has to Dabo has to, in my opinion, adapt to college football and what he's doing. Nick Saban has been able to adapt to college football and what in the growth that it's had in the transfer portal and NIL deals. And that's one thing that me and you have talked about a while ago is Dabo is not taking into the transfer portal. How do you think all these teams around you, teams, other teams in the country have gotten better is hitting the transfer portal. You think that Travis, you think Jordan Travis has the success that he has right now with the weapons at Florida state. No, they went out, they got Keon Coleman, 
who has been balling, probably, in my opinion, my top wide receiver for the Bolitnikoff Award this year. Mm-hmm. But Dabo has to be able to adapt to college football and what it's doing and the growth that is coming with it as well. And my biggest thing is the transfer portal. Transfer portal is the biggest thing for college teams right now. It's basically free agency. It's whoever offers the more, whoever offers the biggest bag, whoever has the big the best chances of playing for a playoff spot, for a conference championship, for a national championship. You have to find the you have to reach in the bag and not you don't have, like it's gonna hurt. You don't want to do it, but if you want to continue to be a successful coach at Clemson, a team that has been historically for the past couple of years a powerhouse for college football, you have to be able to do what other coaches and other uh, organizations are doing. And that's go out there and get better players. And right now I don't think Clemson has the elite caliber, um, my bad, the elite caliber um, roster to compete with the Florida state. We saw that. I mean, they did compete with Florida state, but ultimately lost. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't have the, I don't think they could compete right now with other teams out there that are utilizing uh, these two new things that are in college football right now. And I don't want to say that his coaching career is over. I don't think it's over. I think it may, and you know, it may be time for you know Clemson and Dabo to really look, sit down and look like, hey, if we can't make things happen, and if this is going to be a recurring thing with four losses, five losses, maybe, then maybe it's time to open a new chapter in our books and go separate ways. I hope that's not the case because Dabo is an elite coach. Hmm. It's just, he has to be able to do what other elite coaches are doing. If Nick Saban can adapt to college football with NIL deals and transfer portal, I think Dabo would have to swallow a big pill and just, you know, bite the bullet and go and do it. That's, that's what he has to do ultimately if he wants Clemson to still be relevant in college football. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. That's it. You got to adapt. I mean, these, these, this team we've seen in the past and, the talent's everywhere now. It's not just Clemson and Bama and Georgia. You know, it's everyone has talent. Everyone has a guy. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Florida State has a quarterback. Georgia, they have a quarterback. Uh, Ohio State has a quarterback. Washington has a quarterback. Michigan has a quarterback. LSU has a quarterback. You know, I mean, there's players everywhere. And it's not just quarterbacks. Everyone has, like, it feels like everyone almost has an elite receiver at this point. They, everyone has a great defensive player. And these guys don't just – you can't stash five stars anymore, man. They don't they, – they don't – it's not the same – it's not the same football anymore. Nick Saban's No, no, they're chasing it. a bag now. Like, it's, it's bag chasing. Well, it's, it, dude, they want to play, you know, and when – Yeah. You know, yeah, I could sit on the bench for, you know, these Georgia Bulldogs or Alabama Crimson Tide, but you know, Brian Kelly called me the other day and said that he's got a starting spot waiting for me, you know. You yeah, know? and you have to t- – and, like, you have to take advantages where you have them. Yeah, and I mean, if you're not, I mean, if you're not setting those players up for success, and I understand the waiting process and everything, but if they're not seeing their progress or their success going anywhere, then I, I mean, bounce out, go yeah. find somewhere where you're going to be able to start. It could be in Conference USA, it could be in the AAC, it could be in the, I mean, it could be in not a, it can be in one of the Power Five, Power Five conferences. Yep. I mean, find some, I mean, you have to find some place where you're going to ultimately get success. And Dabo has to figure out, like, okay, if I put myself in a position to succeed, I'm going to be able to put the players in a position to succeed. And then we all together as a team can come together and prove everybody, prove the, to the country that we are still a top 10 team right now. They're, no, they're nowhere near a top five team. They're not. They have fallen off big time. 
I mean, this loss, this loss coming to uh, NC State, no slouch, by the way. NC State's a really good football team. Um, Florida State, they competed in that game, but the play calling was terrible in overtime. Um, it's another team they lost to. They have to play Notre Dame soon. So, this I mean, week. that's going to be – that's right. going to be a hard team to play as well. That's next so I mean, week, you, right? Next yeah, week. I think so. So I mean, Dabo just has, to, uh, as I've said, it's this week he's I'm, got. I, a, didn't, I didn't put it on our slate because I thought that Notre Dame easy dub. <laughs> oh, I won't know about that. We'll find out. But oh, Dabo, ult- Dabo has to figure out Holy what's going to happen. Pick Dude, six. That was a terrible throw. That was god awful, Jared Goff. Oh my gosh, Raiders! What are we doing? We Marcus Peters. Hey, look, the wash. <laughs> oh my lord. Dude actually exists now. <laughs> look at him. He's relevant again. He's but as I was saying, uh as we were saying, like once again, you have to be able to adapt in college football to ultimately succeed to your goal. And I think yep. every team's goal is a national championship. Most teams look for a playoff berth, but if you're Clemson, you're used to you're used to it. You're used to going into the playoffs. You're used to going to play for Natties. Mm. Now you're now you'll be lucky enough to make a bowl game this year. Yep. If you don't play the cards right. Yeah, it's the thing is like, dude, did they even win a bowl game? Did they even make it to the bowl game? I was looking at the schedule. I had it earlier. I actually clicked out of it. Yeah, their schedule from this point on. Just say Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Ranked team. Notre Dame's got some big wins. Georgia Tech, they've upset a lot of guys. Hey, man. Hey, man. Georgia Tech is that team that's going to kill you when you least expect it. We're going to show you all him in a sec, but, yeah, I mean, Georgia Tech, you never know. They they fought hard against Ole Miss as well. North Carolina, always a great game. South Carolina, another great game. I mean, there's four – these last four games are no slouches for Clemson. Wait, they play – oh, yeah, they do play – oh, man, that South Carolina game can go either way. It could be really good or They might not win another game, bro. I mean, that's crazy to think about. They could go four and eight, man. Like, crazy, crazy. I mean, it could – I mean, it totally could happen. But, I mean, it's so weird now to see Clemson like this again. It's very weird because everybody – I mean – and I'm going to say this, everybody thought after the Texas loss, Alabama was going to be the same way that they, we were going to win, that we were only going to win like maybe a few games, have four losses, not even make a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. But at this point, Clemson doesn't even look like they're ready to even compete for a bowl game. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. But that's my opinion on it. Dabo has to find ways to adapt in this, in this era of college football, yeah. especially next year when the 12-man playoff bracket comes around. He's got to definitely find ways to adapt. And I love Dabo. Dabo is a Dabo is an awesome coach. Mm. He is. I mean, we're gonna see what Clemson can do, man. Intrigued about this game. Kind of wishing I put it on the, the roster now, but um, the other, we, our games that we're picking are pretty awesome. So yeah, um, I think our games are pretty cool. I mean, that's a classic. If Clemson had won, maybe, but you know, four and four, yeah, kind of mid, kind of mid. Uh, All right, very mid. Let's get into this recap, brother. Got all our headlines out of the way. Cooking with gravy now. Yes, we are. Hey, another great, great, great week of football. Had some big-time wins, big-time losses. And we're going to start with one of those big-time losses. And we're going to send it out. Out there to Kansas. Where we saw an amazing scene after the Sooners take their first loss of the loss of the season to the Jayhawks, bro. That's a basketball team. that you thought they would lose to. Nope. Nope. Uh, like, you think Texas they would, lose would be the team, team that yeah. you think they would lose to. Yeah, you thought. You thought. You thought. Yeah, no. Let's send it out to mm-hmm. Kansas. Let's see. 
see how these 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 fans reacted to the victory here. Look at this. Look at this beautiful tear and don't go post. This you know they ended up in the lake. Yes, it did. You know, just wait. You just wait. We're gonna have this rolling for a little bit. Look at this. Just look at this. We got a. I mean, rush the field. Beautiful scene here. Another another little college scene of football. Them taking it out the building here. They already broke it in half. It looks like unbelievable scene here. I love to see this. Just wait. Yep. 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 There we go. We yep. got it. Put it in the lake. We throw got it in the it. lake. Oh well. Don't throw yourselves in the lake. <laughs> yeah, these guys. Bam! In there. These guys. Oh, and everything. throw yourself in the lake. <laughs> oh, just, don't, don't worry. There's there's a there's another part of the the thing in the in the background here. Hang on. Oh, we got the other piece in the background there. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yes, for people that are listening, we are seeing the goalpost split in three parts and thrown into the nearby lake for Kansas. Amazing scene. They rushed the scene, tore down the goalpost. They will get fine. What college football is all about, man. This is This really is what college football is truly all about. Got to love to see that scene, CDM. But let's get to the game. Obviously, that's yeah. the big part. I'll start us off here when it comes ahead, to brother. Kansas. Getting a massive, just an absolutely massive dub. And really, the question begs, is the Big 12 now knocked out of the playoff? I'll get into that in a sec. Let's look at this game for for, for the, you know, for, first of all, let me see my respects. Jason Bean, he is interesting. Sneaky fast. Sneaky fast, speed. Fast, careless with the football, but makes plays, man. <laughs> Athletic. Athletic all around. The backup. He was very good. I was impressed with what he was able to do in this game. Kansas has run game. Just they just took over, um, dude. I, I I mean I was gonna say the same thing before you like, yeah. Tawee Walker, yes. twenty three carries, hundred sixty four yards, one touch. Kansas that's dominated a, that's, the that's, line. That's of Oklahoma's running back. Oh my bad, my bad, my bad. Devin Neal, Devin, Devin Neal, Neal. twenty five carries, yes, one hundred twelve yards, one touchdown. Yes, Kansas Kansas dominated the offensive like offensive line. They mm-hmm. dominated the the line of scrimmage from the start. They could they not did. stop the run game. Could not at yeah. all. I mean, yeah, you talked about it, kind of leaning into it. I mean, Oklahoma two sixty nine rushing yards, Kansas two twenty five. Um, Kansas did beat them in the past, which is wild to think about. It's crazy, but also they shut down. They shut down Dylan Gabriel that's, when it came to passing the ball. That's my biggest thing, bro. Dylan Gabriel in his biggest moments just did not show up, was not the player we thought he would could have been. Very shocked that they were able to slow down that passing game for Oklahoma. I mean, they were able to run the piss out of the ball, and they did. I mean, yeah. I mean, Dylan Gabriel had three rushing touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, I mean besides him and, Walker, him and Walker were dominating, but Dylan Gabriel, 14 of 19, 171 passing yards and one interception, and that one interception was pick six, like went to the house. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it was just, it was not the best game for, mm-hmm. o- it was not Oklahoma's game. I feel like they came in not mentally prepared for Kansas to come out and play the way they did. It was just shocking. A little shocking. Very shocking, but also this snaps Kansas's losing streak to Oklahoma. Yes, I saw that. Like, what was it? snaps it, dude. And it's very exciting to see that because, I mean, for a team, I mean, just imagine getting dominated years and years and years and years and years by a team i do i understand that feeling i know what you mean i know i'm right here i know i know hey hey hey, hey. y'all won last year it's okay it's okay yeah, we're gonna win this year too all right <laughs> okay um we'll get back to that we'll get down there in a minute but i mean it was just not the greatest day i mean dylan gabriel didn't have his best game in my uh and not even my opinion i mean everybody saw it 
Um, biggest upset for Kansas so far, in my opinion. Very yes. biggest biggest upset right now for them. Biggest upset this year for college football as well. Um, Oklahoma just didn't look comfortable. Uncle Oklahoma did not look comfortable on offense at all. Nothing could get going in the pass game, and their defense just didn't. Defense couldn't stop it. Defense could not stop their run game at all. I mean, as I said, that front seven was getting dominated, and Kansas Kansas was making plays though. Yes. Kansas made yes. plays when they had to make them and put themselves in a in better position than Oklahoma did. Like I mean, fifty two seconds and you go down the field, and I mean dominate down the field to get that last second touchdown. Great play, great job, great execution. So props to Kansas, pro- props to the Jayhawks for getting the job done, son. Props to props to them, Oklahoma. Um, I'm not going to say that this is not the end to the Big 12 making of the playoffs because, I mean, you still have Texas that has one loss. Now you have Oklahoma. Um, I still expect to see Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12 championship, and one of them makes the playoffs. So I still think a Big 12 team can make the playoffs, but the road is a lot harder now. The road is a yes. lot harder for the Big 12 making it to the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I disagree strongly. Big 12 dead, dead, done, not Whoa. making it. They're not making it. Whoa. They're not. You sure? Yes. It's over. It's over. You want to know why? Why you say that? You want to know why? All right. Let me give you this outlook here. All right. Kansas State. We'll see what happens this weekend. TCU. Dude, there's like a five-way tie for first place, too. I just remembered that. Yeah, this is Texas' schedule. Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. They should win three of those games without a doubt. But that Texas Tech game, it's a rivalry game. You never know. That is oh, Texas's yeah. outlook. Let's get to Oklahoma here, who has now dropped below Texas, even though they have the same record, and they beat them. Don't know how that happens. This is the rest of their schedule. Oklahoma State, absolutely amazing, thrilling rivalry game. West Virginia, they've played some good ball this year. BYU, yeah. eh. TCU, yeah. they've got some yeah. interesting wins late, but still, meh. These two teams are going to have two losses possibly going into the championship game. Oh, dude, I, I think we I, – I don't know, dude. I feel like if they play it smart – first off, I don't think I don't think Oklahoma is the biggest team to watch out for to lose a second game. I think Texas is the biggest team because yes. they don't have Quentin Ewers. Yes. Ewers is out for four weeks, and if you're smart, you sit him for those four weeks. If they said two to four weeks would be the max that he'd be out. Yep. Keep him out for those four weeks, but you have to play – great ball you have to coach great games and as i said as i've said previous pods these are where the games count these games matter the most these conference games this is what this is like bread and butter right now you have to be you have to be pinpoint with it you cannot go into these games thinking that you're not thinking that you're going to blow them out put up 40 points and walk out there with a dub no these teams will come out of here out of nowhere like kansas kansas just proved us all that I mean, even being an underdog, they can still come out and beat your ass. Yep. And this is what technically happened. Oklahoma got Oklahoma got beat. Yep. Like in more way, like not even the score. The score shows it, but I mean the play, like the plays that they've made showed it as well. Yes. The defense did not like no Oklahoma was not prepared mentally, I think, for this game. But I think Texas, Texas has the biggest Texas is the biggest team to worry about when it comes to getting that second loss just because they're starting quarterback. So Oklahoma, this was just like, hey, it was bound to happen. It was either going to be to Texas, or in my opinion, it was either going to be to Texas or Oklahoma State. Mm. But Oklahoma's got to figure out what to do, and the road is a lot harder for the Big 12 because there's like a five-way tie for first place in the Big 12 now. Yes. Like, it's insane. 
First things first, I need an Amon touchdown right here for Lions. So I it's can not going to happen. Dude, it's they're going to play action right here to Amon. You need an Amon Raw? Dude, I need Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams put up 40 uh, points we, right we now. Get the, we, got the, we got the wrong offenses on the field here. so <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, my thing, I just think what we're going to see here is a classic Texas loses the wrong game late. Oh, no. Tackle him. Texas is going to lose the wrong game. You might see later who I'm thinking. They're going to get into that championship game with Oklahoma, who will be in there. Yes, they will be in the championship game, probably mm-hmm. with only one loss. With, with one loss. Texas is going to beat them, and they're both going to have two losses. And they're going to be knocked no, that's, out of the playoffs. Man, just imagine being a Big 12 fan and seeing that happen. That's just like a gut punch. That would just be a straight pain, right? Just oh, absolute, painful. Absolute Oh, my God, they got the ball. Oh my god, the Raiders got the ball. I know, I saw that, bro. Like, what happened? What happened? I did not see what happened. Oh, he fumbled it. <sighs> that's why he passed it to Amon. That's why you don't put. That's why you put Gibbs in. Yeah, good luck turn, overturning. Oh, he's down, bro. Oh no, he's down. Let me see. Let me see. Let I was about see. to say, good I can't luck. See that that pile is so. Oh no, that ball came out. It did, but he had to have been down, bro. No way, he rips that out late, bro. No, yeah, he's down. You can see him on the ground. Uh, I gotta see another view, dude. I can't even see. Okay, I mean, he, okay, yeah, he's down. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah down. he's on his back yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And damn, mm-hmm. it got me. You got me. Yeah, he got me for a second. But <laughs> um, the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve's road to the playoff. It it's seemingly looking to shrink. The door is sink is seeming to shrink. The foot is no the foot. They have a foot in the door. In my opinion, they have the big toe in the door. Honestly, that's about all they have right now. I mean, once again, your two best teams have one loss. I mean, I mean, you got to figure something out for sure. Yep. Yeah. Other than that, really good game. Yes. Awesome. Awesome football game. I loved watching it. Kansas. I thought it'd be a good game. I just never thought they would win the game. I just didn't think it'd be possible without you know Daniels at quarterback for Kansas. But hey, Bean, you're the man. The man being, hey man, he's I hey, bet he's on Neil? top, on top of the uh, university right now. That guy's got to be, you know, rolling in it. But um, let's go, uh, <laughs> let's go on to uh, Oregon, blowing out the Utes, brother, out there in Utah, beautiful Utah. Pet McAfee show was out there, watched them do their live show on Friday, and uh, thirty-four degree have, weather. Have Pat you, McAfee stripping. Have, have you ever heard of the term soaking CDM? I I saw some clips of it and we're not going to more of a BYU it. thing. It's more of a BYU <laughs> thing from it what is. I got told. It is so uh, it is so we're not going to talk about it. Once you hear that, no. you can go out there and you hear that term. You can go out there and look it up yourself. But we're not go gonna to the Pat Mac if you show. They give it Cam Cam Rising gives a great description about yeah, it. Yeah, a very detailed description. I bet Wikipedia yeah. would as well. But yeah, man, what an awesome game the Utes. Got just awesome absolutely. game. What was awesome about it? We got to see Oregon do their thing, bro. I mean, come on, that was that was. Oh, okay. Fun I thought you were talking about the game in general. Uh, yeah, Oregon played awesome. Utah uh, played like absolute dog crap. Yeah, that that was a horrible pick by your boy Nate Dog. That was just awful, awful. Good I picked time. Oregon, by the way. Let everybody know that I picked Oregon. Yeah. Well, um, I'll start this one off. Yeah, go Ducks got it done. Handled business. Gave the Utes their second loss. They're done. They're out. No, no conference. Um, no, I'm not. No conference play, I was going to say. Still have a chance to make a Pac-12 championship. No playoff contention. They're done. Um, Bo Nix, my God, that dude is good. He's good. My God. I looked at this. 
Bo Nix is throwing 78%, almost 80% against conference opponents. Conference opponents, bro. That's not even anybody outside of the conference. 87 to uh, 78 to 80%. That's insane. With a QBR of 85, fourth in the nation. And then you have Bucky Irving over here, who's an absolute just bulldozer on the ground, averaging seven and a half yards a carry and continues to show why he's the lead back at Oregon. I mean, those two. And then you have Troy Franklin, leading wide receiver for Oregon, Bo Nix's favorite target. I mean, this offense is good. And uh, I'm not going to say that. They gave it to the Raiders. I saw that. I just saw that. That's bull. His knee's down, bro. That's that's BS. Wow. But, But getting back to this Oregon this team is good. This team is balling out. The defense did what they had to do. That's a false start. Bruh. The oh. NFL is cracked right now, dude. How yeah, in dude, the hell? Are. How do you not call him down, bro? Yeah, okay, let's see. Let's see. Knee is, okay. Come on, his body's got to be on the ground somewhere. That's just I don't a, know, bro. It looked like he's levitating. <laughs> it kind of yeah. looked like he was levitating right he there. He might have been. Dude, he's not. No, his butt's on the ground. That's what I thought, bro. Come on. Oh, dude, no, he's down. That's a bull, bro. Godly. So another, everybody, remember when example. we were talking about officiating? Yeah, another, this is what we were talking about, officiating. Another example. This, was, this one went to review for people that are listening and don't see this. Yeah, they went to review on this and still gave it to Las Vegas. Jeez. That's insane. Hey, but Max Crosby just added to the stat sheet of getting hey. a strip. Hey, get him that. Get him that strip. But back to Oregon. Um. Once again, you have Bo Nix balling out against conference opponents. You have Bucky Irving, who's killing it right now on the ground. And then you have Troy Franklin going through the air, uh, throwing the ball through the air, too. I mean, dudes, I mean, this team's balling out. Uh, I don't think I don't think that this was a fluke against Washington. I think that, you know, any given Saturday, a team can beat another team, no, no, depending on, no depending on ranking. As, you know, Oklahoma just showed they're the sixth best team and they just got beat by Kansas. Yep. But – I don't think this was a fluke. I think Washington did play. I think Washington was the better team going into that game. But the way that Washington's been playing compared to how Oregon's been playing since that game's happened, mm. you can it's it's kind of showing that, you know, Oregon or first off, Oregon did have a chance to win that game against yeah. Washington. They missed the field goal. But it's showing that, you know, when the rematch comes to play, when these two teams have to play each other for a Pac-12 championship, mm. um, I'm, I think Oregon can really get it done. I, Washington. <laughs> I didn't want to oh. say it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why, when it comes to this game, I think Oregon's going to be the better team because Washington has not looked like the Washington they have been since that game. Mm. But Oregon right now has just been balling out and doing what they need to do. And, and um, you know, different uh, for the next time, for sure, these two teams will look different. And I, I think Oregon can come out on top. But right now, Oregon's playing some great ball. And I think that loss to Washington really woke him up. Um, especially, I think it woke up Dan Landing and his coaching ability as well. You know, he hasn't really been sharpened that much a lot since yeah. that Colorado game. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, humbleness. Humbleness is a big thing, and people need yeah. to get humbled. And I think, you know, Dan Landing getting humbled in that Washington game really showed because right now Oregon's going on a tear. So, oh bro, it's God, lay the boomstick. Good Jesus. Lord, that was Baby Gronk, bro. That was Baby Gronk. <laughs> hey, talk about a baby Gronk, baby, laying the boom. Oh, I love that. All right, tight uh, end on names. But yeah, that was uh, my opinion on that. Oregon played a good game. The Utes, Utes did not look good. Um, I think it's just showing without Cam Rising, that yep. leader at quarterback, that you know you don't have that high caliber play. Yep. So you know. As long as they don't lose another game, they can still make a Pac-12 championship. They just need Oregon and Washington to lose. Um, but, you know, uh, 
it was a great game. Oregon got the job done. Go Ducks. So um, kick us off, brother. How did you feel about this game? Yeah, man, it was a it was an interesting one for sure. I had the youths, and I was kind of shocked, man, that they just think about get playing against Oregon. You can't get down big. You can't go down big early. And Oregon jumped on them and put their foots on their neck immediately, and just did not. Oh, it was let like twenty one nothing. It was so fast, and when when you allow the Oregon Ducks to do that to you. Good luck. First of all, Utah is – they're not scoring. They're not going to be scoring, uh, you know, all these points, you know. That, you know, They're not that kind of a team. They're a, they're a team that relies completely on, you know, keeping the game close until late, make a couple plays late. When they got down yeah. – what was it? Yeah, it was 14-3. So yeah, 21 nothing. 21-3 pretty much. Yeah, it was 21-3 at one point. Once it got, that happened, I was like, this is over. Like, they're not. Oh yeah, dude. I was not, at work watching this game, and I was when I saw them get up twenty one. I was just like, "Ooh, man, yeah, this is um, uh, this is not the game that Utah was preparing for, Mm-mm. or like not the team that they were preparing for." I thought it was going to be a closer game, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, even just because like the whole, last year's game was just was fireworks. I yeah. Mean, but as you were saying, no, nah, I mean the biggest thing for me is like the whole the biggest momentum of the, moment of the game is when Oregon's cooking and then they fumble it. And Utah has a chance in their, you know, dang near red zone to get a touchdown, and they only kick a yeah. field goal. After that, it was over, felt like. That was when it was 14 nothing. Oregon has an opportunity to go right down this field and put it up 21 nothing. They fumble it. You get a touchdown there, it's an entirely different game, it feels like. And, mm-hmm. you know, kicking that field goal is like, this is over, man. This. I mean, the farmer, happening. the farm boy didn't come up to show you know, play pig, either, man. Pig farmer I mean, Sam, a 40-ounce bounce back to the pig farm where you belong, man. Yeah, pig farmer. I mean, good Lord. You, you show up against USC, but, I mean, that's USC, that's you know. No like, surprise there. I mean, Utah girls. owns them. But to come into this game and not really do anything, get shut down on the offensive side of the ball – I mean, as you said, going going down twenty one to three, big killer, really big killer, um, confidence oh, killer for sure. Because I mean, not. we might have a big trade. You just happening. can't. There might be a trade happening in the NFL. Adam Schefter on on TV right now. Yeah, I'm checking my phone right now. He might have some. You see, uh, Leonard Williams got traded to Seattle. Uh, okay, he might just be talking about the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, okay, that okay. that was a, that was a pretty big thing. Um. Seeing uh, Leonard, but yeah, sorry to cut you off, man. But um, yeah, man. I mean, no, no, you're good. I mean, yeah, it was shocking to see Oregon, you know, do what they did. Not surprised what that offense can do. I'm just surprised that Utah like literally had nothing, nothing on offense. Bryson Barnes, oh, dude, they, big it, farmer was not there. Could not do his, did not do his thing. I mean, Oregon's defense showed that they're legit. First of all, Bucky Irving. I want to put this out there in the universe. You talked about it. This guy is. Elite, and I, I'm not saying. Oh, Bichon. Sundays are going to be his days. Dude, yeah, Sunday. I, oh, somebody is going to get him, and they are going to be very happy dude, with the production dude, he's going to put up. I'm like, I'm not saying Bijan, but he is damn near that level of a talent. I, I wouldn't say the athletic wise around Bijan, but he's I think he's a better he's a better downhill runner than Bijan yeah, for sure. He can't tackle the guy. He breaks ankles if you if he. There is you're not tack the first tackler is not bringing him down in college football. Yeah, it's different. Oh, it's no. gonna be different in the NFL. It's gonna be much harder. But this guy is unfreaking real. Every week he does something where I'm just like, what the? What are you supposed to do? Like this. I mean, guy I mean, from ridiculous. the Washington game, that's where he, that's where I that's where I saw him play. Like, I mean, the 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 way he was pushing the pile, getting ex- every yard out of that pot, every yard out of that was just insane. I mean, the dude. 
he's a downhill runner. Like, I mean, when you get him into open space, he turns on the accelerator and he's just gone. But I mean, when you get like, when he runs through the tackles, Mm. he has such great ball vision and then pushing the, pushing the pile to get every single yard. I mean, once again, seven and a half yards a carry right now with eight touch with eight touchdowns on the ground. That's insane, man. I mean, I say, I mean, me and you say it about Chase McClellan at Alabama. His best days are ahead of him in, yep. in the NFL. I'm saying the same thing about yes. Bucky Irving. Yes. His best days are his best days are ahead of him on Sundays. Whoever gets him is going to be a very, very lucky. He may be. I mean, he he's not going to be your number one, but for him to be a number two or a number three, oh my gosh, bro, you're not going to know fresh legs coming off the bench. Dude. I mean, my lord, he kind of reminds me of A Chain right now, in my yes. opinion. Not well, not so explosive with speed, but with ball with ball vision and um, uh, the coordination of getting outside of the tackles and just making making plays happen oh, is insane. Oh, there goes speaking Gibbs. of Rook, there he goes. Touchdown! Love that rookie, Jameer rookie Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs just takes it all the way for the Detroit touchdown. Love it. Twenty-seven yards. About time this rookie shows up. <laughs> Right, well, yeah, and I feel like but you put Bucky in you know, like a a little two man system out there, you know. Well, let's think, you know, Baltimore. Yeah, like you know, he'd probably be the lead back there. Well, if you get J.K. Yeah. back, oh, him and Dobbins. Whew. Yeah, but J.K.'s coming off two major injuries, though. True, that's true. That's true. So, what are the odds? I mean, him and A. Rod or him and Aaron Rodgers are rehabbing with each other. Yeah, now. So I, I mean, I, we need a Kirk yeah. Cousins, A. Rod. J.K. Dobbins episode for Pat McAfee. That's what we need. Oh my gosh, dude! Just give them their own podcast, the Achilles Crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, respect to Kirk Cousins. So sorry. Yes. Um, anybody who has Kirk Cousins on your fantasy, um, I'm so sorry. You know, we wish the best for Kirk to get healthy. You know, it's such a big loss for the Vikings as well. Dude, that sucks. Um, I wish him the best. I just don't know what the Vikings are going to do now hey. with quarterback. Whoa, whoa, wait, whoa. no, wait, no, no, no. They have Nick Mullins. Yeah. They have Nick Mullins. Hey, Let's to, go. Hey, to the top, brother. To the top time. That's what, ah! to, Southern Miss to the top. Nick Mullins is about to win a championship for these guys. Yeah, no oh, my Lord. Not sweating us. Not, not, even, not even worried. That's insane, dude. I totally forgot they signed him like two years ago. That yeah. is funny. Yeah, that is perfect. He'll definitely to be the, top, the backup. Yeah, thank you. Look at that. Uh, he's definitely the backup. They got Jared. They drafted that Jared Hall kid from BYU too. So I'd be interested to see maybe he gets some snaps one day. But um, yeah, man. Uh, Oregon beat the snot out of them. Uh, I didn't say it. It does make me question. It might be a fluke that Washington game because of how Washington has looked. But still, I think it's a matchup thing. I think Washington has a perfect matchup for Oregon when it comes to head, uh, head team versus team. It's a great matchup. Oregon I mean, can't yeah. beat them. That's one of those series. If they played ten times, it'd be fifty fifty. It feels like so. Oh yeah, five. Oh yeah, Oregon would definitely win five, like five out of the ten times for sure. Same for Washington. I mean, you have two. First off, Washington. I feel like Washington beats them in the wide receiving core for sure. Washington has lethal wide receivers oh. once again. Each wide receiver averages fifteen yards of hey, reception. Franklin is averages, a dog, though. Franklin is a dog. Oh, Troy player. Franklin's a dog, man. I mean, he balled out against. I mean, he balled out against Washington. Yes, he did. I mean. Uh, his best days are on Sundays too. I mean, he's yep. got elite playmaking ability. Yep. I mean, kind of reminds me of kind of like a Jay Jettis type player. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably a little bit of Jamar Chase in there as well. But I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to say it's a fluke because, as you just Seven, said, I mean six, any. Three. I mean any given Saturday and best. I mean those two teams match each other. I mean two elite quarterback playing two, uh, players as well, and Michael Penix and Bo Nix. 
uh, at the top of the Pac-12 quarterback list, in my opinion. Yeah, but uh, when I when I expect these two teams to play again, and I expect the outcome to be different. Hey, baby Gronk, Damn, that was a hell of a catch. That was, dude. Get this man going. Um, I expect it to be a different outcome when these two teams play again. I I still expect them to play each other again for sure. Yeah, but I expect the outcome to be totally different, yeah. especially since it's not in Washington or in Oregon. It's going to be. Where is the Pac-12 championship at? Rose Bowl? Is that where they play at? No, 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 no. It's in a dome. They played in a dome last year. I think it's in SoFi. Let's see. Pac-12. Yeah, you're probably right, champion. Probably in SoFi. Let's see. Location. Oh, Vegas. Allegiant. Oh, okay. That's even better. That's awesome, actually. Um, Yeah, man. We'll see. We'll see. I'm excited for that possible matchup. You still got to win some games. These teams got some teams in front of them that could, uh, you know, sway some, you know, sway some records. So I hope we get that matchup uh, later down the line. Let's go to a team that survives. They don't even get my. I don't even want to talk about this team. They don't. They're not even worth my time. But since we're going to talk about it, sorry to interrupt you. We're going to talk about USC barely yes. escaping California, fifty to forty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, my first note right here. USC is still garbage, factual, okay? Um, Cal is a lot better than people give them credit for. Cal is a lot better than people give them credit. Cal is a good team. Um, But when USC has to play Oregon and Washington, uh, seeing how they play Washington next week, um, it's going to be a high-scoring game, but it's going to be two teams dominating USC every play, in my opinion. Yes. Um, The the two-point conversion. The two-point conversion was the biggest killer. hey. Let's 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 get the video here. Let's get the video before we. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get this up here. Let's get this up here. Let's see. We're gonna give you a little bit of a rundown here. Late game. What a game for we'll us. What a game. What a game. Just catch me and Nate on ESPN in the next couple of years yes. commentating these games. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So let's go out there yes, to sir. Cal. Look at this big run here by Marshawn Lloyd for fifty six yards. My guy, look at this guy. That's too close to Marshawn Lynch, bro. That's way too close. <laughs> a little too close, right? I mean, crap. He runs like Marshawn Lynch. He runs big fast boy. and heavy, dude. Big boy. And then you get the speedster Austin Jones with a quick little burst up the middle. Up Wide the middle. open hole, man. Wide Makes it fifty open. to forty three. Look at that. Look at that. And then Cal says, "Hey, hey, we want to we want to join in on this scoring here." Yeah, we're not done yet. We're at the thirty seven what thirty seven yard line. Oh yeah, this is mine. Yeah. Oh. Sends it up the freaking middle, dude. Whoop. All the way down. Yeah. What you see that elite defense Just, by USC, dog? That's uh, elite defense. Yeah. Justin Williams Thomas on that run for 23 yards down at the 14-yard line. What are they going to do? Third and nine. A little check down pass out to the outside. No, that's a little screen. A little swing pass to the outside, hey. breaks tackles. In the end zone, 58 Fern- seconds hey. left on the clock. 58 Fernando. seconds. Fernando okay. Mendoza. Look at this. Here we go. The, oh, what what? What, are, what we, are we doing right here? What, what are, are we doing? doing? 58 <laughs> seconds. You no. could easily send this thing into overtime because no. you're, I mean, you're competing. You're competing with this team. What are we Man doing? in motion no. and just, they send the pressure. I mean, they send the pressure and just and, a um, jump pass. Just a terrible, terrible throw. USC escapes 50 to 49 against Cal. Um, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. In my opinion, I mean, if USC is having to put up 50 points a game, Against teams like this, they're not ready to compete. <laughs> yeah. They're not ready to compete in the Big Ten. Big, do you see Big Ten teams going up against each other, putting up fifty points, no. trying to like keep their hopes alive for at least a New Year's Six bowl? No, you don't. So, I don't think the two point conversion. I don't think it was good. Me and Nolan talked about this on Saturday. Terrible. Um, 
Oh, terrible. we talked about no, we, uh, it was a yeah, it was Saturday we talked about it. I don't think it was the smartest play. I think if you're if you're going toe to toe with a team like that and you're scoring back to back, you play it safe, you go into overtime and then you have you have chances to stop them. Um it was not the smartest play in my opinion. Um another another play by a, a Pac-12 team that we'll talk about after this. Hmm. Just not just too bad just a bad call right there. I think you play it safe, you go into overtime, you have an opportunity to stop them. I mean, and then you possibly win the game and hand USC their third loss. So I mean their third back their third loss in three games. But I mean, I'm not the coach. I don't make the play calling. Um I do think you run something better right there, in my opinion. You kick the PAT, go into overtime, and you ultimately and I think they win the game if they do that. Hundred percent. I completely agree. And if you're gonna go for it there, what the heck is that play call? What? Yeah, dude, like Come I mean, on. that play call was that play call was trash. It's like I mean a- you run it up the middle. Like, I mean, I know either that or run a quick slant over the top or an RPO. Dude. I mean, they're sending pressure over them. I mean, they're sending pressure at you, dog. I mean, that the middle of the field is going to be wide open. I mean, you could easily throw it over the middle and have a chance of your wide receiver making the play. Have Dude. a chance because, I mean, you – I mean – Sending pressure off the, they're sending pressure off the edges, sending it up the middle. They're trying to get to the quarterback. So it's either you run it up the middle, you try and get to the outside. Oh, speaking of next week's Pac-12 matchup, you get USC versus Washington. Very interesting game. Um, but I mean, there's so many more play calls that you could have done there. But I wanted you to play it safe. I wanted yeah, you to kick a field goal. Let's look at it one more time here. Oh no, never mind. I try to get the start. All right, my bad. Um. Let's switch it back to us. Yeah, I was going to try and show that two-point version again. But, no, I mean, it's ridiculous. What are we doing there, man? I don't know. It's, like, play action, something, you know, like uh, flat. I don't even think you want to play action if they're sending that much pressure to you, man. Yeah. And, I mean, you see how fast they got there. That offensive line crumbled. It was too, so many, that's routes, what I'm saying. too many routes in the same location. Too many routes. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I get I, it. I understand it. Like, you don't want to play around with a team where you could actually like win when you shouldn't. I get it. I understand why you go for it, but you got to have a better play than that. I I'd rather get super creative, you know, Philly specially, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. At least you tried it. At least you said, all right, we've practiced this specific play for this specific move. Yeah. They just feel like a play just picked out of the, 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 the playbook, you know, it was like, Oh, this one looked like it'll work, you know, and obviously it didn't. Or you do the touch or you do the touch push. You hey. just, Line up at a center and just run that thing, push the pile. Yeah, but I mean, I understand going for the win against a team like that, but play it safe. You just got to play it safe. Yeah. But you know, there's another team in the Pac-12 that also did some creativity mm. that ultimately did not end up well. Mm. Um, if you want to run that clip, you have Washington versus Stanford. It was a great oh. game. Stanford was driving down the field, and my boy Nate's about to drop the clip. It was fourth and two. And Stanford came out with some creativity right here. Look at this. And botched it. Botched it bad. 3.20 left on that clock, Nate. You had three minutes and 20 seconds. If you get that fourth down, you go down the field and you score. Look at that quarterback, dude. Heartbroken. Heartbroken. Little pitch pass to his – oh, come on. And you see – like, did you see – okay, like – It's not even a bad throw, bro. It's like – if you. If you watch that play again, you see the defense has already shifted over to that side. They know where that play is going to go. They're expecting a toss. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they were going to shut down the toss. But, I mean, you, you got to find somebody else to throw a ball better than that. 
in my opinion. I know it was like a quick pass. You had to get it off or you're going to take a hit. Man, but I mean, I need it, like, you need to find somebody pass, else. To, you, I mean, that's a heartbreaker. Let me see this one more time. A little pitch pass. I mean, doesn't it? That's a little low, man. I mean, he's got a. I mean, it's it's low. He didn't. I mean, he didn't plant his feet. I mean, you as a. I mean, you have to have, have been, a quarterback that, that throw that ball been, right that there if you been, want pinpoint. That might have been a touchdown, bro. That might have been. a touchdown. Oh, it, it was a. Oh, that was a game winner, bro. Like you win the game. Like you go down and I mean, you're down thirty-five to thirty-three. You get that fourth down conversion anyway. I understand. I understand you're going up against the fifth-ranked team in the nation. You have to pull out all the stops. You got to get creative. I mean, I love oh Gibbs, but you got. I mean, I love the I love the play, but I feel like you could have ran that out of a different formation, or you could have just ran a different formation as it is to where you get a quarterback, a quarterback type player to throw a better ball than that. But I mean, also Washington had that play down to a point where they shifted over to the left side. They shifted over to the left side, got the pressure, and that ultimately made him make a bad throw to a wide open guy. I mean, there was not a. I mean, there was two defenders around him, but I mean, he he had like a two three yard split against him yep. to catch that ball, get a couple extra yards. Yep. But it was a very heartbreaking play. Um, you know, I would want a quarterback to make that though for sure. But besides that play, Washington, ever since this Oregon game, has just not looked like the Washington that we were like we we saw that game against Oregon. We yeah. have not seen it. The week after that, they go and play Arizona State at home again, win fifteen to seven. This game right here, I mean, n- no disrespect to Stanford. I mean, Stanford did make a really big comeback against Colorado, twenty not uh, send it into overtime, win that game. But Oregon is um, not Oregon, sorry, Washington is looking very sloppy on both sides of the ball. Michael Penix is or nothing. Michael Penix really isn't doing anything bad, in my opinion. He's he's making some boneheaded plays, um, but you know, ultimately, it's a team effort. Neither neither side of the ball is looking too good, and I'm hoping that they didn't peak too early. Mm. I'm hoping they did not peak too early to where Oregon wears their national championship. Quote quote me on that. You know that they're not that wasn't their national championship. That that wasn't the game that they have ultimately pl- waited all year to play. Because I mean, they have or Washington has such a good team to go compete with the likes of Georgia, with Florida State, with Ohio State, and Michigan. But you have to be able to like buff out these mistakes and be able to compete with teams like that. And if they still want to be a legit threat, they have to start playing like they did at the beginning of the season, and that's being an explosive team, um, shutting teams down on defense, having your defense make explosive plays as well because i mean they almost lost to arizona state they didn't put up a single offensive touchdown until they got that pick six to ultimately win then the game and then this game right here was just sloppiness man i mean no once again no disrespect to stanford but stanford is below 500 and you're letting them put up 33 and almost win a game against you i mean you cannot you can't let this oregon game define your season yes you beat your you beat one of your biggest opponents one of your most historic opponents in your conference. Congratulations. But now it's time to look forward to the biggest goal. And the biggest goal right now should be a Pac-12 championship, should be the playoffs. You just got to take one game at a time because these games count. If you lose, if they were to lose to Stanford, first off, it's a terrible loss. Yes. It's a terrible loss to have on your resumes yes. this season. Then and, Arizona State. You know, that all, yeah. ulti- ultimately that would knock Michael Penix out of the Heisman talk. And everybody would say that he's not worth the first round pick. He is. 
but they have to get better. They have to buff out the mistakes they've made and get back to where they were playing at the beginning of the season. And I mean, that goes with having the explosive plays downfield, deep shots, um, good run game, and defense has to defense has to show up. Defense has to make plays on their own. You can't put the rest of it on. You can't put the rest of it on Michael Penix in that offense. They can only do so much. The defense has to wake up now. Yeah. And it kind of looking like, I mean, I don't want to say the flu, uh, back to the fluke thing with Oregon. I mean, was was it a fluke that you won that game? I mean, was it a fluke that you um, lead your, I mean, was it a fluke that you beat Oregon? Because, I mean, right now Oregon's playing better ball than you are, and you beat them. Oregon's not Oregon's not struggling right now the way you are against these other opponent teams in your conference. Oregon's putting up 20, 30 points a game right now after a game like that that they had against Washington. Oregon looks like they haven't even missed a beat. Washington, Washington looks like they're stumbling a little bit, that they're looking to get exposed one day. And I'm hoping it's not this weekend because, once again, you have to play a very explosive quarterback in Caleb Williams, mm. which no disrespect to Caleb Williams – but I mean, it's Caleb Williams, man. He's gonna find ways to tear your defense up. Yeah. And no, I'm not even gonna talk about that defense for USC. Michael <laughs> Penix better carve that defense up. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm talking about he better see. murder. Yeah, I don't think. But how did you feel about this game? Hey, first things first. Got a little bit of a, a little, little bit of breaking ish news. Dabo Sweeney delivered a strong response on it during a radio appearance. Wish I could have got us the audio of this. Apparently, um. Dabo's head coach claps back at a smart-ass kid who called into a show. <laughs> so, so, yeah, apparently wow. a kid called in and he said, you can all have your – you can have all your opinions. I don't know how old you are. Don't care. We won 11 games last year, and you're a part of the problem. That's a bold statement. That is a bold statement to stay after your team lost due to your coaching. Yeah, I don't know about that one, D- uh, Dabo. I don't know about that one, but – um. That that just probably set himself up for being a target now. I'm not gonna lie, That's there's not, gonna be targeting. They're gonna target that man now. Not even like like the, the media is gonna yeah. target him now. That's not that's not the response there. You're four and four. Hey bro. man, you hey man, you push buttons, you're bound to crack. I Let's mean, say, you're bound to crack. Fans are gonna they're gonna have their opinions, brother. That's you have to have composure. That. I mean, Nick Saban, Nick Saban has composure like yeah, that. Nick Saban doesn't gonna, let the media get to him. No, he's not gonna let these the kids or fans get to him he's about winning and when you're losing it's more it's even more about winning but yeah man God. What? Gibbs has 142 yards rushing right now he is cooking right now bro I mean he is running so hard but um no I mean for this one for me man it, it's oh man please I need a touchdown from Amon go for it throw it to Amon um but yeah this one is this one was um this is a hard one for me because I've been on Washington all season that's been your team. I've respected their skill set offensively, and I think they're under. I thought, I thought they're underrated on defense. Right now, I'm a little. I'm questioning it because even though Stanford's got some players, their offense isn't bad. It's Stanford, and you should not be, you know, losing or not even losing. But in these games, these games are not games that should. Oh, you got it. Um, these are not games that it should be a problem for you know a Washington, and you know. You look back, it goes all the way back to Arizona. First of all, Arizona, good little squad they got over there. Hey, man, I was talking to somebody at my at my job. Arizona is the best three-loss team because they beat Oregon State. Yep. They are the best three-loss team this season. Fafita? Nobody can sway my decision on Bruh, that. Fafita, that quarterback, 
Should dog should have been absolute USC. legend. They should have beat USC. He is so good, freshman. He's so good, but dude, he had three touchdowns in that Oregon State game, dude. Insane. Dude, he's cooking, but yeah, I mean, it started there, thirty-one twenty-four win. Then you go to Oregon, close win, thirty-six thirty-three. Arizona State is when everyone was a little bit. Well, what the hell? Maybe you're on your high. Maybe you just hit a high with Oregon. You know, kind of get caught off guard with Arizona State, fifteen to seven, and then you have a tough game against Stanford, 40, 42 thirty-three. In a game that Stanford, you know, like we said, legitimately had a chance there at the end and kind of messed themselves up with some mistakes and just a drop pass and or a bad throw, whatever you want to put it on. But it, it, this one, it's hard for me, and you'll see where I've got them ranked this this week, and it'll kind of add to where I'm thinking they're at right now. Feels like they may. I don't think they peak, like you said, but it's they got to get their head on straight because the, they got to, the B for their schedule is now here, even though Oregon was that mid season test and they got through that first test of the year that's the first time they faced adversity all year you know being down a good per- good portion of that game and you know overcoming it and I do believe these close games are good even though you shouldn't be close like it builds character it builds you know what being in those moments helps the team at the end of the day in those bigger games like I say that about Bama right now like the close games they've been in this year being down to Tennessee it's like those are moments like yeah Georgia beats the snot out of everybody, but that's a moment that they're not. Te- they're not. Their adversity is not going to be tested until you know maybe the biggest game of the year. And I feel like being tested early on, facing adversity, maybe even taking that loss is like it's good, you know, to feel that. It's not the worst thing. Like I mean, me being a Bama fan, I I I didn't like the loss against Texas. You were there with me. Um, no, one but knows. also I think it. I mean, it, and oh man, that was a behind yeah, really right. bad. Um, but adversity is what teams need to become better teams. It, it involves character development for every player, for your coaching staff as well. Buff out all the mistakes that you have early to ultimately set yourself up for success. So that's what everybody and myself, including thinks Georgia is going to have to go through. But from this weekend, it didn't really show that they had any adversity, Yeah, especially without their best player, possibly the best player in the country, Brock Bowers on their team. Um, really show that, but I mean, getting the getting an early loss in the season, and you know, just you know, going down maybe a game, going down in a game, a couple points, as you said, it show like that's character development. That shows like what you're going to be like, what your team is going to be able to do for the rest of the season. Yes, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, man. It's very interesting what this team can and can't do. I don't know what the heck's going on over there. Um, with these recent games, um, it definitely builds character, and I do think it won't impact him negatively. Like winning these games is much better than losing them, so you're you're learning in losses. So that's the kind of thing I'm alluding to here. But when you got, you know, we have our opinions about USC, but it's USC still got really good offense. So you got USC, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State. So you got two good defenses and two good offenses in the end of your schedule. So you get tested in both ways. It's interesting because, yeah, none of those teams are Oregon, but, man, that's some tough matchups. Those are some tough matchups. I mean, it's it's make-or-break moments now for Washington. Like, yeah. it's, like, it's, like, they paved their own path now, and I hope this game right here was a wake-up call. Yes. I hope this game shows, like, stuff that – I mean, every game shows what you have to work on for sure, yes. but this game being as close as it was – really shows like hey if we are to really to compete for a playoff spot then we need to really go back to what we were doing 
at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So yeah, man, we'll see what they do. I'm still on Washington. I'm gonna hold strong, but uh, hey, man, I love Washington, man. Don't get me wrong, but it's gonna be really funny when Oregon beats them in the Pac-12. Oh, oh this guy, this guy right here. Wait, wait, this guy, this guy right here. This guy. <laughs> this guy. Um, um, yeah, man. Let's move on though to a team that just is not getting our respect, and maybe they do now. We'll see. The Buckeyes just keep on stacking dubs, my man, and they uh they got a massive, um you know um, these games are there's kind of a consistency consistency coming with them, you know, getting a massive dub again, stacking them up, but once again get this insane, incredible game from the man himself, Marvin Harrison Jr. My um, eyes been picked, Nathan's eyes been picked, um, you know. The resume is looking good. In my opinion, they do have a better resume than Michigan. Michigan is just blowing out every team that they go up against. Mm. So, I mean, in my opinion, Ohio State has the better resume. Um, But talk about – I could talk about Ohio State. I want to talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm. This man is a freak of nature. This dude is a dog. Let's see it. Yeah, this right here, man. Like – Great hands in the face and gets a foot down and bounds, holds on to the ball. He's had these past four games, he's had over double digit receptions and he's had triple digit receiving yards. He's had, he's averaged like, oh my gosh, dude, that was terrible. He's had like, uh, I think he's averaged these past four games at least over 130 receiving yards so far and is only getting better and better. But the one thing I want to talk about this is. If Marvin Harrison Jr. still has hopes or still has the big odds to win the Heisman, to be the third wide receiver in college football history, to win a Heisman trophy, he needs one thing to happen. He needs Kyle McCord to play better. He needs Kyle McCord. Uh, He's no C.J. Stroud. He's no Dwayne Haskins. I understand that. This is a new team. This This is a new build for Ohio State. But when you have such a big target on the outside in Marvin Harrison Jr., you have to be able to find ways, more creative ways to give him the ball. And I know that goes with coaching, but my but my boy Kyle is get is the one who who has the ball in his hand. He is the main guy who's giving who has to put the ball where he needs to be. And you know, that's that's the main thing if Marvin Harrison Jr. still wants to be a Heisman winner, is that Kyle McCord has to be better with his decision making, with every throw that he makes, um, with his snap like with his uh post with his post snap reads. Like, I mean, he has to find better ways to get him the ball. And, yes, he has been playing good, but he also threw two interceptions in this game with two touchdowns, which was – it was it was bad. I'm not going to lie. It was not the best two interceptions that you can have. No interceptions good. But two interceptions in this game did not – it's just showed me that Kyle McCord, I don't know if he's the guy. I don't know if he is the main guy that Ohio State needs for these coming years because, I mean – uh, I just don't know because I mean they still have a hard schedule coming up. They still have to play Michigan at the end of the year. They had their big they had their big test against Penn State, which it was an iffy game at first, but they ultimately won the game at the end. But for Marvin Harrison Jr. to be a Heisman winner, I need Kyle McCord to play better ball, and that goes with everything that I said. Oh my God! Oh. Wide open, bro. God bless America, Jimmy G. Yeah, that looked like the Super Bowl. No, dude, that one was way too close. That one, nah, that does not even comprehend. 
Oh, but Aiden Hutchinson, dude, so good, so oh, good. Oh, but yeah, man. Uh, I, but Mar- yeah, I'm yeah with Marvin you, Harrison Jr. I still think he can do it, but Kyle McCord at the end of the day has to play his best ball. And oh my lord, Nate, you just got whiter and whiter by the really time. Right, jeez. Yeah, I'm about to say turn into a ghost. But Kyle McCord needs to play, as I said about Carson Beck. Carson Beck doesn't have his best player, but he still has to play like a Heisman Trophy winner, and that's what. That's what Kyle McCord needs to do. He needs to play like he's playing for a Heisman. Ultimately, I Jeez. think that Marvin Harrison Jr. has the best odds on that team to be the Heisman winner. Um, yes. I just need to see more out of Kyle, dude. I need to see more out of that offense. I need to see more out of the coaching staff finding ways to get Marvin Harrison open. I mean, besides Brock Bowers, Marvin Harrison Jr. is possibly the best, uh, the second best skill player or not the first skill player to be the best one in college football right now. Oh, yeah. I mean – I mean, he's. Ta- I mean, there's talks about him being the second overall pick. The, so on- the last wide receiver to be the second overall pick was Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's some. That's like great. That's a great person to look at and be like, okay, if I can be like him, if I can do everything that he did and be the second overall pick, that just shows what, what kind of a player I am. But it comes down to Kyle McCord and what he has to do. Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway too. You know, and I don't. I don't believe fully in, you know, these all these stats and stuff. Oh, there's Myers for you. Um no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, I, it's, I, it's over. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't look into these all these stats fully, you know. I obviously touchdowns and interceptions, yeah. and passing yards. But there's so much more into stats that you have to look at but though yeah, that come into play. My thing you look at it and yeah, it's the eye test tells you one thing that one guy was better than the other guy, but quarterback rating wise Kyle McCord at a 56, Brandon Locke at a 61.7. So the, technically the rating says that Locke had a better game overall, even though he went 18 at 39, 165 and a touchdown. He didn't turn the ball over. And that's the yeah. only reason Wisconsin was in this game is that they, they were getting turnovers. And I think this whole narrative needs to shift with Ohio State. Like it's got a weird feeling that like it feels similar-ish to an Alabama this year when it comes to they're not going to win with this unfreaking real explosion of offense. That's not mm-hmm. who they are. They have an elite, elete defense. They are you talking about? Ohio State. Like this. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about Bama. Yeah, Ohio State's defense is still there, bro. Dude, they only allowed 94 freaking rushing yards to Brandon Allen. I mean, Braylon Allen. He's a monster. No, he's a dog. 50 yards, but only for him himself. And then some other guys added to it. But, yeah, I mean, they stopped the run. First of all, if you're stopping Wisconsin running the ball, you're winning the game. That's it. Like, that's the game. But it's bigger than that for me. You know, they run the shit out of the ball, 181 for them. And they had uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. get 123 through the air and a two tuds. So, it's – this is how they win, and I think that's Okay. You know, Tra- Travion uh, Henderson coming back, that changes everything with their run game. You know, I, that, that opened up everything. Yes. I think that's what opens up the offense a lot more yes. is getting him back he into is, that. Cause the, he is their secret weapon, dude. Because you don't have to rely on Marvin Harrison as much. Yes. Yeah, like, You don't have to just, worry about – like, once again, you want to give Marvin the ball, but also you have Henderson to open up Marvin as well. Yes. I mean, look I – mean, how, how big is this guy? 5'10", 221. I mean, two twelve. Oh, dude! I mean, he's a runner, bro. Like, he big. is a downhill runner, but he's, he's got a, sneaky he's a, speed. He's a he's a dog, man. I really like him. I think he's a guy that's gonna have some good days during on Sundays as well. But he his team 
I want to shift the narrative because I just, like you said, you said it perfectly. This guy's not C.J. Stroud. And it's unfair expectations to put it on him like that. Like, C.J. Stroud was one of the most accurate quarterbacks we've seen in college football. Just eye test. You saw the accuracy, timing, anticipation, you know, finding oh, yeah. the big guy, finding the guys. It's not even just about, you know, finding the open guy. It's finding your guy. And like you said, we need to find ways to get Marvin Harrison to the ball, uh, him open more. Personally, I don't even need him open. He's catching balls where he's double teamed. Like, just throw him the ball. Yeah. Why not? And we saw the whole Penn State catastrophe with, you know, the, uh, one of the reporters coming up to um, uh, Franklin before their game against uh, Ohio State and was talking about, um, have you ever thought about just you know, throwing a ball up there? Because they throwing were, the ball deep, yeah, yeah. Just throw it, throw it up there, you know. And he's like, "We have never thought of that." And I'm, I'm over here like, if I'm Ohio State, Why? if I'm, <laughs> it's so funny, bro. His response was hilarious. But if I'm Ohio State, man, I'm over here like personally, one two plays a game, just deep shots, just, just go route, just a go route, yeah, and just throw. send him deep, just send him deep, let him do the rest of the work. As long as you get the ball there and put it under him. Uh-oh, Hunter Riffro. Oh, uh, Hunter Riffro. Yeah, but my thing is, like, this guy is, like, and I don't want to compare him to a guy, like, being a homer or nothing, but he he's better, first of all, but he has that same ability to just jump ball anything and catch it like a Jamar Chase. Like, J- Jamar in college, bro, literally Joe would just throw it to him go routes. Oh, yeah, and yeah, and he beat the – I mean, it showed in the national championship against uh, – uh, AJ Terrell. I mean, he just toasted, toasted. I mean, absolutely toasted him. It showed in the Alabama game against Trayvon Diggs. I mean, threw him a jump ball. It's like kind of a back shoulder, but I mean, he still went up and got it and scored. That's what I'm saying. I just, mean, just, Marvin just Harrison Jr. is just a freak of nature, and yes. you put the ball where if you put the ball where uh-huh. he needs to be, where it needs to be in his vicinity, anywhere in his catching radius, if you put it there, he's bound to like 50-50, He's gonna come down with the ball. He's like, so there's good. no doubt in my mind. He's so good, man. And that's that's my biggest takeaway. Is like just doesn't give much. He's down there somewhere. Derek Carr posted a little meme today. Rashid's down there somewhere. Marvin Harrison is down there somewhere. Just uh, throw you know, it. It's, it's like that meme. It's like that meme. F it. He's down here somewhere. He's, he's down there somewhere. Just, throw it. But also, like, with C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud also had one of the best wide receiving cores in football. He had Olave, he had Garrett, Wilson, and he also had Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyle McCord is having his – Kyle McCord still has a – like, he has a, an elite wide receiving yeah. core, but it's not like the first-round talent that bro. he's had before. Yeah, uh, yeah. and without um, Mbuke, it's definitely different. Like, they're not the yeah. same with, with him hurt. When it comes to just being able to have that slot guy, the because the, hey, he was getting a lot of touches, you know. Oh yeah, first dude. Few weeks but the thing is, there. you can move Marvin Harrison around. Duh. You can move him around in that offense, Put and nobody anywhere. would be able to stop him. He's like, he's got so much that Justin Jefferson kind of play anywhere type of thing. But he oh, plays yeah. like a D hop. He's got Julio, Julio in him. He's like a build, like. You know. He's it's like you built it's like they built him in a lab, yeah. but also you have to look at it who his dad is. Yeah. His dad, his, his dad played with Peyton Manning. I mean, my lord, dude. I mean, he's got the genes to be better. Genes. I mean, first off, not if he will be better than his dad. Yeah, sorry, that's without like, a doubt. It, you know. It's two different generations of football. That Marvin Harrison Jr. will be better than Marvin Harrison coming to coming into the NFL. It's about it. It's about all you can say about Marvin Harrison. I'm in St. Brown's not going to get me my points, man. This is so freaking oh, sad. Man, welcome to my world. 
I needed 20. I just need 20 from him. A touchdown. I needed, a, gets I needed a miracle. I absolutely needed a miracle, and it's not going to happen. God, Raiders suck. The Lions have freaking almost 500 total 500 yards, yards of offense. My God. 35 minutes bro. time of possession. Besides that work. pick six, it's been a domination, literally, bro. Yeah. All right, play action uh, here. We're going to give a little bit of commentary. Play action to Amon St. Brown real quick. Here is we he go. even out there? Dude, he's not even on the field, man. Yes, yes he is. He's oh, yeah, he is. I see him. I see him. I see him. Please, he's no. Tackle. Nope. Oh, Jesus, no. It's over. Touchdown. That's that's ah. game. That is basically – oh, there's a flag. Hey, there's a flag. There's holding, a flag. Holding, please. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen someone holding, yes. please. Please. Yes. 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 <laughs> There's opportunity. There's an opportunity to get him the ball. We have a chance. Please. Just, oh, my have, gosh. They have to throw the ball. It's throwing down now. It's a throwing down now. Come on. Is it third down? No, but it's it's got 10 yards now. So can, you can't run the ball from there. Let's hope. Um, oh, my gosh. Just yanked that dude down. <laughs> yeah, he did. All right. We're going to give one more commentary um, real quick here. No, we're not. It's taking too long. First and goal. Yeah, no, it's well, too long. Well, well, but, yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, absolute dog, absolute unit. His best days are on Sundays. Like yes. I'm pretty, like I'm pretty sure you can plug him into any offense right now, on any NFL team, and he would be the lead receiver. Well, oh, most yeah. of the teams. I wouldn't say all the teams, but most of the teams. That was a terrible play call. But that was okay. weird. Um, yeah, man. I think they'll do it for us. Marv is that guy. I said back in the past that Brock might be better than him. I don't think so. Brock is awesome. Marv is it's just so different. it's so weird to compare them to because they yeah. both play like they're each, both generational. both teams they're both generational. both well it's also that and both teams use them in different ways yes. as well yeah like yeah. they use Brock over in Brock Georgia like, like they'll put everything. him in the back put him in the backfield put him out wide that's, put him put him down low like I mean I you put him everywhere yeah. I think that's why too is like Brock like gets the ball like. He gets like almost twenty touches a game. It feels like, and Marv he makes like six catches, and they're like unreal catches. So it's yeah, I get it, I get it. Um, it's that eye test kind of thing. All right, let's get let's get yeah. this wrap. Uh, let's get this recap over with, brother. We got one more little thing we're gonna do right here. We're gonna give a little bit of commentary once again for a team that just cannot figure it out, brother. They just can't figure it out, and you hate to see it. You know, we've been a fan the of these Tar Heels. Heels, man. We've been a fan of them, but they just can't get it out of their own way here. They beat themselves up so much. They do, man. They had a they had a lead here, a 10-point lead at one point in, let's see, this is the We're talking about the North the Carolina versus Georgia Tech game. Yes, so we're going to go right yeah. into these highlights real quick. At the end of the game, Oh, where is he going? What cameraman needs to get the, another job, dude? You need to apply for DoorDash as Haynes King flies down the field and lands inside of the thirty-yard line. What a play there by Haynes King, faking Great out everybody, play. including the cameraman. Handed off this time, oh. bounced to the outside, going to the ten. Gets down at oh, no. two. Gets down inside the three-yard line for sure. Look at that! Look at that effort from number who's that? Number four. This guy's a baller. Let's get this thing in the end zone. Haynes King, where are we going? Going outside, rolling out. I'm breaking all the rules. Throw back across the field. Oh, where's that cameraman again? Get that guy off the field. Touchdown. Let's go. Haynes King finds Brett Scyther. 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 Let's go Scyther here. Scyther? For a five-yard tutty. Look at the throw. Look at the catch, though. The catch is where it's at. Haynes King. Dog. Oh, Drake May. I got this. Don't worry, I'll, I'll I'll guide us down the field. Eighty-one. This guy's a dog. 
finding some. Dude, open he was field. out of bounds. What do you mean, Copenhagen? 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 Copenhaver. My fault. Um, and then the play of all plays, Drake May, absolute laser here across I'm the middle about, of the field. Like, all the time in the world. Dot Tez. Oh, maybe he shouldn't have got that eligibility after all. Fumbles the play. Georgia Tech. <laughs> Georgia Tech wins. Good God. In that man's career. You know what? Maybe we shouldn't have gave you that eligibility. Maybe we You're not worth it. That. Oh, my God. He missed the field oh my. goal. He missed the field goal. <laughs> so this is still a game. It's technically, yes. Technically, yes. Um, so UNC yeah. ultimately falls short to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, two big ACC wins this season. First one comes to the Miami Hurricanes. Just first off, terrible call Miami. Yes. We've already went over that in past pods. Yes. This one right here, funny fact, Drake May has never beat Georgia Tech in his career as a, as a UNC Tar Heel. Yeah, it's like some wild stat. Like Georgia Tech's beat him like – like last fifteen out of the last twenty times or some crap like yeah, that. Yeah, dude. Like they have. Yeah, it's just weird because Drake May, looking at being the second quarterback taken off the board in this year's draft, has not yet beat, or will never beat, since he's done after this season, will never beat um, Georgia Tech. And it's weird because Georgia Tech is one of those sneaky teams that sticks around. If you give that team a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, they will sprint for it and find it. And I respect Georgia Tech for what they did. North Carolina just shot themselves in the foot this entire game. I mean, they had a 10-point lead and just couldn't get the job done when they needed it to get done the most. And Georgia Tech ultimately took advantage of all that. The fumble right there ultimately sealed it right there. I'm not going to put that on Drake May. Um, I'm going to put that on Walker. That's his name, right? Yes, Tez Walker. Yeah, Tez Walker. I mean, you got to be able to hang on to the ball, brother. Got to be able to hang on to the ball. It's right there in the chest plate. You got to be able to hang on to it and go down to the ground or at least get a couple more yards. But respect to Georgia Tech for getting these big wins, especially since everybody has counted them out this season. They still have a chance to go to, they still have a chance to uh, make a bowl game for sure and um, not win their conference, obviously, but ultimately make a bowl game and, um, you know, continue the winning, continue to have a winning season throughout this entire, throughout the rest of the year. Now, um, North Carolina, they got to do some soul searching mm. when it comes to games like this. I mean, this is back to back losses now, isn't it? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Is. That's yeah. They're done with the playoffs. No more playoffs. Um, ACC championships yeah. hopes are still alive, but when they have to, if, if they have to play Florida state, Florida State may just absolutely yeah, skull sure. drag them. Yes. Oh, 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 he missed him again, bro. Oh, my God, dude. That one was closer to it. You can't blame that on the concussion. <laughs> that was a touchdown, bro. I mean, dude, that. Jimmy this is what bad. you got rid of. This is what you ran Derek Carr out of the building for this. Derek Carr is at least could hit that, bro. That's horrible. Jimmy G's a. Dude, he broke him. Oh, my God. Wide open, bro. I mean, come on, dude. Oh, He's Derek Carr open. hits that ball. Sorry. Jimmy's so bad, bro. Um, All right, so, CDM, I'm going to ask you this. Guess what the record, twenty out of 20 years, last 20 games they've played, guess what Georgia Tech's record is against North Carolina? 20 um, games. 20 games. 20 games. I'm not going to say 50-50. I'm no. not going to say 50-50. Okay. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, eight to seven. 
No, 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 no. That did not add up. That did no, not add up. That did not. Math. 20, Math. 20 games. Um, 20 games. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Out of 20 games. Oh, man. Because North Carolina's balled out most of the time. Uh, not really. Okay. Out of 20. I'm going to say 11. They've 11 to 9. Not bad. Not That's pretty close. That's pretty close. Was it 12 to 8? Nope. 13 to 7? Nope. Oh. <sighs> Keep it going. 15 to 5? No, you want to skip over 14. Come on. It's 14 to 6? 14 and 6, yes. 14 oh, six. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yep. North Carolina, bro, you do not deserve that. No way. They you went, don't deserve all this hype. They won three straight from 14, 15, 16, and they haven't beat them since 19. And then they beat them in 08 and 04. <laughs> they haven't beat them since 2019? <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> Bro, that's trash. They kind of they got waxed in uh, um, 2021, 45 to 22. Then last year, 21 17. Then this year, 46 42. Yep. That was with Sam Howell too. That was with Sam Howell at the helm. Yep. So, damn, that's that's bad. Yeah, I would get that off of your your website, North Carolina. I wouldn't keep those receipts. Yeah, Mag <laughs> Brown, Mag Mag Brown probably should have stayed retired, brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't say anything else besides that. Good. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's ah, man, that's dude. Man. How do you just, like, Georgia Tech is not, like, the best team in that conference, though. That's the thing. Like, I mean. Yeah. No, not even close. No, no, not even close. I'm talking about recent history. I'm talking about recent history. They have not been the best team in that conference at all. They haven't been, like, a top five team in, in the ACC. Yeah, now they're number four at four and four. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Virginia Tech's in front of them. So you're saying there's still a chance? Oh my gosh, dude! Jeez, there's still a chance to make an ACC championship. Yes, technically they're only three and two in ACC play. So if they do, they play Florida State. Oh my god, I forgot who they play at the end of the year. (laughs) Oh, never mind, never mind. (laughs) But that doesn't affect. But that doesn't affect their ACC record. Yeah, but still, it's just gonna be a. It's just gonna be a whooping. I got mean. I forgot they play that game. (laughs) Oh um, man, yeah. What kind of rivalry is that, bro? That's horrible. That's what we're referring down. to is Georgia has to play Georgia Tech at the end of the season. <laughs> I don't understand why. I, I mean, I understand uh, it's like Alabama and Auburn. It's the Alabama teams. There's got to be a better team in Georgia, right? Yeah. Well, it's not, you don't see LSU going out to La Tech every year, or something. Or, or like Louisiana Monroe. <laughs> Southeastern. I mean, at least with Florida, you got to play Florida State. Yeah, that's an at least that, competitive game. It's actually an interesting. For Georgia Tech, game. Georgia Tech, all at the end of every season, <laughs> just takes has to L. get ready to play Georgia. That's just a fat L every year, bro. Oh, uh, dude, it's just it like it's just like a it's just like a nail in the coffin, just a bullet in the mouth. Like it's just not worth. Like I mean, nope. honestly, you can just have a scrimmage between Georgia and their second string. And just have that be their final game at the <laughs> yeah. end of the season because this yeah. game's not even worth. Yeah, you're it. not playing. You're not playing Brock in that one. I'll just say that. So. Oh God, no! You don't play Brock in that. <laughs> Dear Lord, no! <laughs> like why? Jeez. Oh, All right, let's get off of this Georgia Tech North Carolina talk. I'm sorry, North Carolina. I've rooted for you for too long. I can't defend you anymore. I've just. It's been hit or miss for me. It's been very hit or miss. I understand. I just like the quarterbacks they've been producing, but now it's just like. Yep. Just nothing. But I think that will do. Yes. Our. Weekly game recap, you know, yes. um, it was very exciting this week. 
upsets nonstop. Yes. Um, but now we get into the uh, nitty gritty stuff. Top six teams, Nate. Mm. Top six teams. These have changed. Yes, These have changed. Yes, um, I'll start this one off if you don't mind me. Yes, sir. I'll start this. So I'm going to start from six to one. At six, I have the Oregon Ducks. Okay. Oregon Ducks coming off a big win against the Utes. So, you know, dominant fashion as well. So we'll take Oregon at six. At five, we have the Washington Huskies. Yep. You never know. Um, I'm not going to bump them out just yet. You know, I was either it was contemplating, but you know they have the they have the win against Oregon. So ultimately, at number five, they have to figure out they have to start figuring out things soon before it gets too late. Mm. Um, at number four, got the Florida State Seminoles, baby. Got the mm. Knolls at four, coming off a dominant win against Wake Forest. Um, still one of the most explosive offenses in the country right now. One of the most explosive teams. Florida State is here to stay. Yes. At number three, you got the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, still doing what they're doing, have a great resume right now. I don't agree with most people putting them at number one since Georgia hasn't really done anything. Um, so Ohio State at three. At number two, got the Michigan Wolverines still mm-hmm. doing what they're doing. Had a bye week this week. Yep. So, you know, get a little bit extra rest before they continue the dominant streak that they're having right now. Um, and then at number one, got the Georgia Bulldogs. Got the dogs mm-hmm. at number one coming off a very big dominant win against Florida Gators. I thought the game was going to be close at first, but ultimately Georgia ran away with it. So that is my top six, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, and Oregon. Hopefully, hopefully within after this week, we can see the Alabama Crimson Tide back up in there. This guy, this guy. This guy, Roll Tide, baby, Roll Tide. Grandma, Grandma, I know you're watching, baby, Roll Tide. Oh, jeez. Taking my grandma now, of course. Hey, we share grandmas now. These roll tide fans just roll together, bro. But hey, we sh- hey we share grandmas. That's now. fair. Yeah, that's fair. That is very true. All right, let's get into mine here. Very good list. Very good list. We're very similar. We got got the same teams, just in a different order here. Yeah. It feels like these are the consensus top six teams at this point, um, until proven otherwise. Let's start though. Number six, I got the Ducks. The went at number six. Wah, wah. They are cooking, and, you know, it feels like they've improved a lot since that Washington loss. Kind of used everything they did bad in that one and kind of used it to their advantage. Why are you throwing it to him? Why are you throwing it to him? Um, <clears throat> Sorry, I need Almond to get touched. Touch oh, my Lord, that was fourth and two. They really needed that. Yeah, that's it. That's game over. Um, yeah, that's game. But, yeah, yeah, man, I got Oregon there. The Wentmans are going to set six for me. Hold strong until, you know, they got to play against Washington, and we'll see how that game rolls out. I'm expecting a mm-hmm. massive, massive Pac-12 championship game. Number five, I got to bump them down. I got to bump down the Huskies here. They got to be yeah. put down a little bit after some rough games. I can't defend them much longer in that top four range for right now. You know, you got some big games in front of you. If you can, you know, win out, get some big ones. If you kind of, you know, make them look easy, you might be getting yourself back in that top four before you get into those into the Pac-12 championship, which is very important. But, yeah, I got uh, Washington Huskies at number five. Number four, they might have the best resume in college football, but I'm still not fully sold. I got the Ohio State Buckeyes at number four. I feel that. They are still very good. And like I said, this team is not a team that you watch and say, I need more. I need this. I need that. They're going to win how they're going to win, and they – they can win in many ways, and if Kyle McCord can kind of hone it back in, not get so aggressive and throwing picks and stuff and uh, turning the ball over, this team could really make a run 
for this championship this year, and that's crazy to say after last year when they nearly beat the Dogs in the uh, in the that was the national championship. That was the national championship. That semifinal that was game. The national championship. But um, yeah, it's crazy to even think of Ohio State's right here. Good defense, really good defense. You got Marv. You got a really good running back, um, and Henderson. So, um, Ohio State's got everything in front of them. Obviously, they got their biggest game of the year in front of them still. So, I mean, that's that's the that's the matchup. So, until until that game, they're gonna see sitting in this area for me. Until until then, let's go to number three here. I got the Seminoles. I love this team. I will support them. They beat my Tigers, and I'm starting to look like a good loss for the LSU Tigers. Um, because Florida State's very good, very good talent everywhere. I'm not going to repeat myself like I do every other podcast. I love their talent. I love their players. I love their coach. I love their quarterback, uh, running backs, receivers, defensive line, offensive line. They got it everywhere. They can. They they will win the ACC. Now it's about how much you win by. It feels like to kind of keep yourself in this college football play- playoff. You know, you can't can't get caught slipping any weeks if in the ACC or you're out one loss and you're out in the ACC it feels like so mm-hmm. um yeah number 3 Florida State number 2 I got the dogs still big win still are not going to take over on the Michigan Wolverines for me here Michigan didn't have a chance to prove themselves once again in a in a uh, bye week so this week I want to see what happens cuz who does the oh oh yeah that's right who did Michigan play this week? Probably another freaking bomb. Purdue? God, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, um, dude, they're going to smack them. Oh, it's they, not even going to be fair. We'll see what happens. You know, Georgia has another big game, and I feel like if they can wax a Missouri, then they might deserve that number one spot next week for me. Um, you know, beating Florida is a big – that's a big win, you know, in the swamp. So, I mean, I can't look too much about – too can't look past that too much, but once again – this Michigan team is just the eye test. Their defense, it's everything for me. So it's, they're playing, they're playing outstanding ball right now. But I need to, I need to see them against yes better competition. Hundred percent, better competition for sure. Yep, hundred percent agree. Um, and sooner rather than later, that will be happening at the end of the season. So uh, very excited about that game, obviously. But number one, still those Wolverines. Number two, the Dogs. Number three, the Seminoles. Number four, the Buckeyes. Number five, the Huskies, and number six, the Wamp Wamp Ducks. All right, let's go to our Heisman watch now, CDM, our top five Heisman candidates. This one's getting a little spicy. That top three is kind of separating himself from the rest of the pack, it feels like, and then there's everyone else. But there's still two guys in my top five, I believe, have everything in front of them that they keep winning and leading their teams. So I'll start us off here. You started us off. Go ahead, brother. The top six. I'll start us off on our Heisman watch at number five. I got a tie. Between who? I have a tie between Jordan Travis and Bo Nix. At one? At five. five. Oh, is, at five. My bad. So I was like, at one, my this lord. Is, this is number five. Um, yes, this is. These two guys are playing such good ball. Jordan Travis is undefeated. Bo Nix is playing at most elite level we've ever seen him play at one of the best players in the country, and he's playing himself into a job into the NFL. He was going to get drafted. Now we're starting to see him maybe in a first-round draft pick now, which is crazy to think about. Um, insanely great player. Jordan Travis is undefeated, leading that Florida State team and getting better offensively every week. So, yeah, I got a little tie there at number five. If you ask me why not, I'm going to give it to Jordan Travis because they're undefeated. Number four, my guy has found a way to climb right back. Our guy. 
has found a way to climb right back into this top five. Yes, sir, he is. Marvin Harrison Jr., he is the leader and best player in the country. He has plays for Ohio State, and if he is not on Ohio State, they do not win a lot of their games. That is what the Heisman's all about for me. Is your best player winning you games? This is a classic case. Will he win the award? No, he won't. He probably won't because this is a quarterback award. We've only seen it recently with Devontae Smith. Um, and I said it, though. You need a quarterback like a Mac Jones, and no disrespect to Kyle McCord, but Kyle McCord's not the leader and guy that's putting up all these stats. The guy that is making those plays, memorable plays, and putting up all those stats is Marvin Harrison Jr. So you get a situation where, all right, you have a chance here. I mean, the stats that he has early on in the season are ridiculous uh, for you know injuries as well. So um, love to see it. He's on pace to eclipse all those uh, um, uh, all those stats he had last year. So number four, Marvin Harrison Jr. Number three, this guy's honestly the betting favorite in a lot of betting sports, but I'm not there yet. Not there yet. J.J. McCarthy. He's playing great ball on the best team in the country. About him. Yeah, he is a dog, man. He is a dog. He is the betting, technically the betting favorite, which is crazy for me to think about um, in a lot of sports books. I don't think he's there yet. Best player, is he the best player on their best on the best team? I don't even know if he's the best player in Michigan. So, But he has been playing unbelievable football, leading that team, and that's a big key here for me. He is leading. You got to have a team. leader. He is a leader. He might not be the best player, but he is uh, he is the leader of that team, just like Marvin Harrison Jr. is the leader for Ohio State's offense. So i got to give him my respect and my love. J.J. McCarthy at number three for me. Number two, Michael Penix Jr. takes a step yeah. back this mm-hmm. week. Yep, I'm still high on him. I still respect him, and I still think he could still be the number one player off the draft board, even though Caleb is that guy still, but – Man, I mean, last couple of weeks, he's looked a little human, you know. He's looked a little human. So, you got to knock him down a little bit, you know. Is this team the same without him? No. And that's why he's number two. But they're not winning games right now because of him. And so, you got to knock yeah. him a little bit. Number one is the guy that is the only reason this team is winning. We've said it past pods, and I'm not going to keep repeating myself. Number one has all the stats in the world. He has the eye test. He's going to get drafted this year, and he is leading and is the best player on this team. Jaden Daniels for LSU is number one exactly. in my Heisman yep. watch. I mean, there's not much else to say that he's the guy, and for for people even to have him in top three with two losses is insane. In the SEC, first of all, if this guy somehow you know wins out, Wins the SEC. I mean, it's without a doubt he's winning the Heisman. So everything's in front of LSU. If he does what he's doing and they keep winning, he's going to win the Heisman. Now it's about you know beating the Alabamas, you know the Georges, and uh, yeah. somehow getting into that top you know top four um, with two losses. It's a tough task, but not impossible in the SEC. Almost did it last year. Almost, Almost. did. I like your Heisman picks, man. I do. I Thank do. You. I really okay. Appreciate that. CBM. Here we go with mine. <clears throat> at number five, I have our guy. Yes. I have our guy. I have Marvin Harrison Jr. at five. Man's been balling out these past four games. These past four games, he's averaged over 130 yards plus and over double-digit receptions as well with more uh, with at least one or two touchdowns a game. These past four games, dude's been balling. So I'm going to put Marvin Harrison back up there. At number four, I got Bo Nix. Mm. Once again, most pro, uh, a very prolific quarterback right now. 
Once again, 87 to 80% completion against opponents. Um, only has one interception on the year. So, I mean, 21 touchdowns, dude's balling. Jeez, so, I mean, one, you got to put only one, one, one interception. And that was against, so uh, accurate, man. dude, that was again. Yeah. It was against, uh, Washington. Yeah. yeah. That's where he's only picked that he threw. So at four, I got next at three. I have Jordan Travis. Okay. You can't help but have him up there, dude. Dude's balling out. Florida State's balling out right now. He is the he is one of the key factors in that offense, putting it all together, putting the ball where it needs to be. So I have him at three, at two. I'm gonna follow you right there. Michael Penix Jr. at two um, has not been playing great these past two weeks. Needs to start picking it up more if he wants to still be a legit threat for the Heisman and and um, for the playoffs as well. Um, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think he's hurting his draft stock right now. I think his draft stock is perfectly fine. I think that he's the second best quarterback. Um, Drake May is kind of losing that spot slowly but surely. Yes. Um, but Michael Penix at two, and then number one, as we've said, not going to repeat myself as you did. Um, without this, without him, this team would be nothing. Jaden Daniels, he's literally got identical, uh, not almost identical, but his stats are looking like Joe Burrow's stats from 2019. He is just playing that good until this Saturday, but. You know, we will find out for sure. But Jaden Daniels right now is sitting at the top of the list for the Heisman watch. So that's mine. Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, Jordan Travis Bonix, and Marvin Harrison, the skill player at five. I love it. Hey, great, great list. We're doing so good right now, man. I mean, we're doing really good. I think we're doing fine. Oh, I got my Lakers. I'm about to put on real quick. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this Heisman watch is getting tight, man. And I respect you putting Jordan Travis in that top three, man. I really do because dude's been balling he's, now. He's I mean, at respect. one point, Florida State. At one point, Florida State was looking like Washington is right now, vulnerable. Yeah. But now they are starting to pick it up. They are starting to look more dominant and more dominant the more games they play. And he's just putting the ball where it needs to be and making plays, man. I think it was after the Clemson game where they really woke up and was like, "Hey, we have to step our, we have to go a step above our game that we are playing right now." Yep. <laughs> All right, brother. Heisman watches down. Let's get into these playoff predictions. Are updated playoff predictions as. Of course, I See, actually changed mine this time. I was about to say, all right. <laughs> I actually, cha- I actually changed mine this time, all so right. we're good. Let's see it. What do you got? You got some, you got some movement. At four, I have Seminoles at four. There's no way that Florida State cannot make the playoffs now. Yeah. They are the best team in the ACC. There's no way that they cannot go into this ACC championship and not screw up their hopes at making a playoff run. So, they can't. So at four, I got Florida State. At three, I have the Huskies. I have Washington at three. I still think if they can pick it up with this limited time that they have coming right now, that they can still be a threat. Um, just depending on what happens in the Pac-12 championship. At two, I have Georgia. I think Georgia. I think Georgia wins the SEC depending on what happens, depending on who they play in the SEC championship. One loss Bama or two loss LSU. I think either way they still make the playoffs, but at the two seed. And then at number one, I have the Wolverines, I've had them at number one for a while for the playoffs. I still think that they can become the number one seed. It'd be weird to see them as the number one seed, yeah, um, but that's what I have. I have Michigan at one, Georgia at two, Washington at three, and Florida State at four. Can you imagine a Florida State versus Michigan rematch? Oh, dude. Last time they played was in the Orange Bowl. Oh, my gosh, and, that's right. Yeah and, Flor- yeah, and Florida State won that game. Oh, man. And that was with, like, Dalvin Cook and everybody. So, that would be – it's going to be – it would be nice to see that. Washington versus Georgia. Oh, my gosh. 
Just yeah. imagine the offensive powerhouse against a, a dominant defense. That would be such a fun game. Hell, even Georgia versus um, Washington would be kind of interesting to see. Um, oh, yeah, dude. But, yeah, uh, very similar. Uh, all the same teams, different order. Um, pretty much except at the – it's all the same except at the bottom here. I'll just go right through. Well, number four for me is Washington. Winning the Pac-12 is impressive and more impressive than winning the ACC, but I don't think they do it in as nice fashion, and I think the committee will see that, and they'll also see Florida State's win against uh, LSU. They might just hold that to the same regard as an Oregon win for Washington. Number three, Florida State. The Seminoles are sitting right there. I like them. Um, I'm not going to keep harping on that, you know, harping on that they are who they are and i like them yeah and they got a big one against lsu and they will get some you know they'll i think they'll without a doubt handle their business and not slip up in the way and probably will beat the crap out of these teams so they'll be uh they'll be riding real high into this playoff in my opinion number two the georgia bulldogs scrape by Whoever they play in the SEC championship, because we're going to find out this yeah. weekend. Whoever they play, I think they scrape by, and that's going to knock them down just a little bit. A win's a win. They're going to be undefeated, but that's going to knock them just enough for this team, that number one, to get that number one spot. Michigan will hold strong at number one for me. They will beat Ohio State. They will win the Pat. I mean, the uh, Big Ten, and you know, in easy fashion. Um, I don't even know if the Ohio State game is going to be good, but maybe not. Maybe not. We shall see. All right, brother. Now do it for our playoff predictions. Another great Very, very nice, sir. Very, very nice. Yes, indeed. And now we get into our game picks this week. CDM currently holds a two-game lead now on me after his correct prediction on the Oregon Ducks over the Utes. Now, the yes, boy is down a two games on him. I am sitting at 30 and 23. He is sitting at 32 and 21. CDM, how are you feeling about your lead right now? Brother, it's going to continue through this week. What do you yeah, mean, man? Good. I'm going to win. That's I'm going to win this season. I just been nice. I'm feeling confident. Hey, I'm still, hey, man, Colorado still helps yeah. me out week one. That Colorado win against TCU helps me out week one. It does. It's crazy that week one was that long ago, though. That's that's, it's flying by. Makes me so sad. LSU and Alabama is this week, bro. That's I know, dude. I just like why. It's like why halfway through the year, man. All right, let's get to these picks. Let's see what we're looking at. CDM for our games. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see these games. Obviously, we hold up. I'm moving just a second. Turn my camera off. Five seconds. Okay, we're back. back. Okay, just let everybody know we will have CDM will have a better uh, setup coming in with the next couple weeks. I will have my own desk. I will have a better camera as well. So we will not have to worry about taking breaks the next couple times. But continue what you were saying, sir. It's all good, brother. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're already adding extra content. Once we get that, we're going to be elite. But let's get into these game picks. Like I said on YouTube, you can see our game picks. Obviously, if you're listening, we will walk you through what these games are looking like. Let's see what we're seeing here, brother, in our game picks this week. It's week 10. Look at this beautiful graphic. That is gorgeous. Courtesy of your boy, Nate Dog, but obviously CDM is right there. Let's go. Hey, let's go with these games, man. We got a massive first game in Texas A&M traveling to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a four-point favorite. Over-under is at 54 currently. They do not have... 
the uh, money line on that over-under. So currently we're just sitting at minus 110 for all these over-unders. So, CDM, start us off here. You got the Aggies or the Rebels? I got the Rebs um, just because their offense has just been so explosive these past couple games, even though Auburn did give them a little run for their money. Um, Auburn did stay in that game, and Auburn has not looked the best. But Texas A&M is also a team that will give you the biggest run for your money. I know Auburn kind of held Ole Miss to only 28 points, but I think Ole Miss and Texas A&M match each other up evenly with it comes to defensive play. And not really offense, but mostly on the defensive side of the ball. I think Texas A&M can give Ole Miss a run for their money. But ultimately, the Rebels will come out on top. I have the Rebels winning 31-28, to a close, close game. All right. Yes, sir. Yeah, that Ole Miss-Auburn game kind of stirred me away on this one. I had Ole Miss going into this week until I saw that game, and I'm switching up. I'm going Aggies here. I don't blame you right there, honestly. I really don't. This one feels like an Aggies win where they can kind of stir up, stir the pot in the SEC when it comes to the SEC West, kind of shift some narratives, shift some possibilities. If uh, Ole Miss does lose this game, they will no longer uh, have that tiebreaker on LSU if LSU were to beat Alabama. Um, but, yeah, it's a massive game for LSU fans, and obviously this is slightly a homer pick. But I do believe that A&M is a bad matchup for Ole Miss. Uh Great defensive line, great defense. If they slow down that run, oh, game, great pass rushers, dude! Yeah. They have pass rushers everywhere. If they slow down the run game and get to the get to the quarterback, you know, and and do their thing against Dart, not let him escape and run all over you. Uh, Texas A&M has a really good opportunity. Can they put enough points up? I think they do. Give me the Aggies, twenty six to twenty four. I like that, yes, I like sir. That. All right. Going- Going into this next game, Kansas State at the Texas Longhorns. Texas Longhorns, second game without Quentin Ewers. Malik Murphy makes his second start as a Texas Longhorn. Mm -hmm. Had a big, had a had a good game last game. Little, uh, you know, got a buff out, got around the edges out a little bit. You know, when it comes to his play, because he's new. Didn't know this dude was. Didn't know this kid was a six five. Um, didn't know this dude was an absolute unit of a man. (laughs) But, um, you know. Texas comes in as five and a half point favorites. It's going to be a good game, but I'm going to take the Kansas. I'm going to take Kansas State in this one. Okay, I like a little. I like an upset. I want to see an upset in Austin. You know, I need some revenge. I need a little bit more revenge from what they did to my Tide in Week Two. Um, Oklahoma already put that there for me, but this would be the cherry on top of the cake if Kansas State can get it done. I taking Kansas State thirty five to thirty one. Little. It's going to be a game, dude. It's going to be a game. I only think, only reason I think that is because Kansas State has the veteran quarterback taking snaps now, um, rather than you know Malik Murphy making his second college debut against a tough opponent. It's going to be a big game, so we'll have to see what happens. But I, I think they can get. I think Kansas State can go into Houston, uh, take go into Austin and get it done for sure. Hey, man. All right, I hear you, man, and uh, I like your upset pick here. And I'm going to agree with you on this one. Yes, sir! No, hey, no Quinn Ewers, like we said, and that's a big thing for me. Malik is still a good player, but he is not Quinn Ewers. Kansas State's riding high right now, too. And I, I think mm-hmm. I think this is just a a bad week to catch a Kansas State if you're Texas. When, I mean, you look at it. All right, Kansas State last year, what they did, you know, they were so – it was so fun to see them do what they did last year. And you know, coming into this season, it's not BTCU the same. last year. Yeah, and it's just it's not the same. And uh, when it comes into this year, now you got you got 
kind of had you had a weird start. You you start undefeated. You lose to Missouri on a game winner. Absolute amazing kick to win it. And then you get a dub, and then you lose to Oklahoma State. So it's like, all right, what what, what kind of team are we? We were right in the middle of this thing. Yeah. We lose to Oklahoma State. Now they rattled off three massive wins: Texas Tech thirty-eight twenty-one, TCU forty-one to three, and then Houston forty-one to zero. And we saw Houston with Quinn. That was a good game. So yeah, give me the Kansas State Wildcats. And wild guess here, I don't think it's even close. I don't think it's even close. I got God. No, not an absolute beatdown. I'm going. Oh, 10- okay, I was about to say, Dan, you got him shut them out. <laughs> yeah, fifty to nothing. No, I think I think we see an interesting game early on, but Kansas State's offense is going to figure it out. With forty, they're averaging forty points over these last few weeks. I'm I'm going high here, going thirty-eight to twenty-four. Give me that fourteen-point game. Yes, sir. Yeah, I like that. I yes, like sir. that pick. I like that pick. Huh? Sticking into the Big Twelve so far. Sticking in the Big Twelve. Got. Oklahoma coming off a big upset loss against Kansas. Got to stay – they're coming back home to play Oklahoma State. Big in-state rivalry. Got you right there. Mm-hmm. Um, this has got to be a big game for Oklahoma. This has got to be yeah. a bounce-back game. You got to dominate. You got to make it – you got to make a, a statement again. But you're not. You're not going to make it a statement. You're not going to blow them out. But you are going to win. They are going to win this game. They have to win this game. Yes. I have Oklahoma winning. I have Oklahoma winning 41 to 38. Okay. They're going to take it down to the absolute wire. Oklahoma's going to get the ball. Dylan Gabriel's going to do what he does, drive him downfield, get him in a field goal range. Game winning field goal right there. All right. Hey, I like that. And I would have to agree with you with the victor in this one. Oklahoma, like you said, they have to win this game. This is a massive game. Oklahoma State's got some good wins this year. Just quietly good wins this year. Oh, yeah, dude, for sure. What's their record? They are – hang on, that was wrong. Yeah, they're 6-2. and two. Um, the, the, the hard thing is their losses. Like, they, they go, all right, here you go. You know, you beat a good Cincinnati team. Not bad. They're mm-hmm. not terrible. You beat a pretty good West Virginia team. You beat a Kansas. You beat a Kansas State. You know, like – and then you lose to South Alabama and Iowa State. They lost to South Alabama? Pretty bad, too. 33-7. How? 33-7? Yeah. Dude, when was this game? That was week three. Dude, no. <laughs> what? Yeah. Very. 33. You got, so you got shut. Dude, that is like. It's such, a, such an interesting team, man. You know? Very interesting team. Uh, they kind of struggled with Central Arkansas to start the season off. They struggled-ish against Arizona State. They're double-digit wins, but they're not pretty wins. And then you lose bad to South Alabama, and then Iowa State catches you the next week. And then you rattle off four straight wins. They've got some good wins in that in that uh, you know stretch. They're so interesting. I don't know how to feel about this team at all. They sound inconsistent. They do, but they've got four straight wins, so it feels like maybe they're putting some together, but not enough. Not enough for this. Oklahoma you said they team. beat Kansas. Yep. Yep. So Kansas and Kansas State. Wow. So if they win this game yeah. and they beat Kansas mm-hmm. already, so they would have a better chance at making a Big 12 championship than Oklahoma would. Yes. If they win this game, they will jump Oklahoma. That's insane. Yep. God, that would be insane to see. Yep. I kind of I hope it happens now. Like I have Oklahoma winning, but it would be insane to you, see another upset win. You want to know something crazier? If Oklahoma State and Kansas State win, they would be number one and two in the Big 12. That's disgusting. 
<laughs> These are massive just, games. Massive games, man. Remember last year when TCU was the best team in the Big 12? Yeah, bro, they are not anymore. <laughs> no, they're dog water. Yeah, they're not the same. No. Right. Nope. But, yeah. And now we Hang go on, no, into... I didn't, I, I didn't get my... I don't think I gave my... Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. So yeah. sorry, so sorry. No, you're good. I, uh, I was choked up and I kind of stopped talking there. Uh, Oklahoma wins this one 34-30. to 30. I still got Oklahoma State covering, though. They got to get that cover, that six points. Is... I think they cover for sure, yeah. Yeah, you got the cover, I got the cover in this one, so. All right. But now we move over to the great state of California, where the Washington Huskies will travel to take on Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans. Mm-hmm. Guess what? what? Washington's winning. Washington's what? going to beat this team. Washington's going to expose this defense again. Not even going to go into – they're not worth my time talking about that trash defense. Oh, um, Washington wins the game. It's going to be high-scoring they're going I, – I think I, – yeah, I have them over 76 points. Okay. Um, I got Washington winning 45 to 41. Yep, you do have that over. All right. It's going to be – it's going to – it's going to be – it's going to be explosive. It's going to be an offensive powerhouse. I don't think defenses are going to show up right here. I think it's just going to be pure dominant offenses. And I think Washington ultimately can get it done. This is where it solidifies. This is this is the game that solidifies who ultimately is the best quarterback in the country. Is it going to be Michael Penix or is it going to be Caleb Williams? And I'm gonna and like I want to throw Jaden Daniels in there. Obviously, uh, Bama this weekend will prove if he's going to be the best quarterback as well. But for Pac-12 standards, who's going to be the best in the Pac-12 ultimately? And I think Michael Penix is going to show up and show out and get the job done. It. I like it. All right. Hey, over under was at 76 and a half. You went over it. I respect. I respect your moxie, your grit on that pick there. Um, yeah, it's going to be a massive game, massive scoring. Um, I think Washington's defense buckles in just enough to get this win and offense just absolutely cooks. I don't think they're yeah. going to, I don't think they're going to stop them to a field goal. I think it's going to be all touchdowns here for Washington. Give me the Huskies covering as well. Um, you had the push. Did, what did you have? Forty-five, forty-one. I had forty-five, forty-one. Yeah. Okay, you got a little push there. All right, I like the action there. I got Washington winning, covering forty-two to thirty-four. All right. Ooh, yes. eight-point game. Yes, got a nice little, nice little dub. I like that. Got a nice little dub for him. So, all right, let's keep this thing rolling, brother. Keep it rocking and rolling. We jump into the SEC. Got Mizzou, the the five, the six and one Missouri Tigers, who have just. Not really, like, have well, really has surprised everybody, has really just outdone expectations of what everybody expected them to be. They traveled to Athens to take on the defending Georgia Bulldogs, hey. and Georgia's gonna beat them. <laughs> Georgia's gonna beat them. Sorry to say what it. Is, it's what a, what a setup. Happen. What a setup just to put them down. <laughs> just to put them, just nail in the coffin right We're there. Done. Just nail that coffin. Stay yeah. I mean, I think Missouri has the best chances besides Tennessee to give them the best game in the East. Um, Brady Cook's been playing good ball right now. The offense is really good. It's just the defense has the biggest question marks around it. Are they going to be able to stop Carson Beck and what this offense can do? Um, I have Georgia winning 45-28. to Wow, 45-28. All right, so you got Georgia scoring. 
Got some scoring mm-hmm. in this one. All right. I mean, if they, I mean, honestly, if they don't score, if they don't, I mean, if they don't like continuously score, they're going to leave Missouri in this game. And you don't want to leave Missouri in this game. You, as an LSU fan, when y'all played them this past, uh, past couple weeks, you knew what was happening. Yep. If you keep them in this game, they're going to continuously score. Yep. And they, and their offense is sneaky good. Their offense is very sneaky. Yes, it is. And I like their team. They got a good squad, good coaching. Um, they got some holes, obviously, defensively still, but I think Georgia will expose them. But give me, give me no, no, I'm just kidding. Georgia's going to win. I was about game. to say, good uh, Lord, no, do no, not no, take no, Missouri. No, I'm just kidding. No, I can't do that again. I'm not picking against Georgia, even though this one's got it's got it written all over it. 16 and a half. Come on, that's bull. Um, that is bold. Yeah. That is very bold. Come on now. It's, that's so many points, but I'm not going to go that crazy. I do have Georgia winning this one. I, I got the Missouri cover here. Um, amazing game though. We're going to get a good game. Uh, it's going to be close late, but Georgia hits maybe a late field goal to kind of make it a two score game and Mm -hmm. ends it uh, all for good and kind of makes a stop late. So give me the Georgia Bulldogs 34, 24 in this one. Okay. Got you right there. Well, 10 points. That is more reasonable than 16 and a half. Like, good gosh. And they're going to win by 50 now. So. Good lord, they're gonna just blow. It's gonna be a shutout now. It's gonna be like sixty nothing. That's it. It's over. <laughs> but now we move on. Possibly game. Of, I've said it all season long. This right here is leading up to be game of the year. It's going to be an outstanding game. Classic between two, two just behemoths of teams. Two teams that are still riding high on wins right now. Um, we have my Alabama Crimson Tide versus Nate Dogs. LSU Tigers. Now, it's not in Death Valley this year. They have to travel to Tuscaloosa to get the job done. But ultimately, the Tide will continue to roll and get revenge. We had our revenge game against Tennessee, and now we go back to get our another revenge game from last season, the second team we lost to, to LSU. Um, it's going to be a game. It's going to be – it's not going to be what everybody's thinking. It's not going to be high scoring in my opinion. I think it's going to be just a pure – just who wants the game more? Who wants to win this game? Who really wants to go forward into making an SEC championship appearance? And ultimately, I'm going to pick my Alabama Crimson Tide. It's going to be a dominant defense versus one of the most, if not the most explosive offense in college football. And I've been reading reports from Alabama insiders on Twitter. Um, practices have been good this week for Alabama. It's been, um, you know, not trying to mi- – it's not really hard to try and mimic, mimic Jaden Daniels in this offense on scout team just because you go- Jalen Milrow can do not in the passing game, but in the run game for sure Jalen Milrow is there to really like show what Jaden Daniels does outside of the pocket besides throwing it. Mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels is a very, is a very lethal runner. Besides his passing ability, if you get him outside of the pocket and give him space, he will ultimately take uh, take it and run with it. So um, I expect this game to be going down to the wire. I expect it to be just an all-time classic, like how it usually should be. Last year's game was probably one of the best Alabama-LSU games I've seen so far. It was like 15-17 to 17 last year, right, Nate? I think that was the uh, score LSU ultimately won. But uh, no, this year's going to be different. I it's think like 38-31, yeah. Something like that. I think it was something like that. But um I think Alabama's riding high right now. We're on a really big win streak. 30, Our team is slowly 32, but surely sorry, 32-31. Oh, yes. See, that was a game. Like that's such a classic game. That two-point two point conversion, conversion at the end was oh, like sealed the game for sure. 
and Jaden Daniels taking the game into his own hands and um, making plays, you know, respect to Jaden Daniels, what he's done for this team. Um, but our off- Alabama's offense is slowly but surely coming together. Um, the one thing I don't need Alabama to do, I need Alabama to be a full 60-minute football team. I don't need one half of just greatness and the other half being absolute garbage. It happened against Arkansas when we took a 21 to three lead and then ultimately won 24 to 21, but we let them come back in the second half. This previous game that we had against Tennessee, we got um, 20 to seven at halftime and the second half came out. Alabama was on fire, caught lightning in a bottle. We ended up winning um, 34 to 20. So, I mean, it's, I think it's going to be a game, but I'm going to ultimately take the Alabama Crimson Tide winning with a score of 31 to 27. Not a blowout, not a real defensive battle, but it's going to be an all time classic. Oh, my God. How did this get? Oh, my on? God. Get that garbage out of here. How, how did this happen? It just changed <laughs> colors. Oh, my God. Look at this. That's yes. funny. Yes, I had to do that to you. Sorry, CDM. But it's okay, brother. It's okay. We're representing the LSU shirt here. I was wearing a Saint shirt, and all of a sudden it just turned gold when we started talking about this. I don't know how that happened. But I think oh, that's, no. That must be an omen that the, uh, the LSU Tigers are beaten down on the tide mm. this week. Beaten down, huh? Yes. Beaten down? You heard me. What did I stutter? Did I stutter, man? Stutter. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Just wait. Just wait. By the way, when I hear the elephant go off in Brian Denny this year, I can't wait. These lines did move a lot, so these lines on screen might not be exactly accurate. Exactly accurate. But right now, the LSU Alabama spread did drop heavily. Alabama is now only a three point favorite. Okay, um, I expected it to drop four yeah, and a half, which is weird. Four and a half this morning, three this to this afternoon. So it feels like the money is shifting super hard on LSU. A lot of people might be saying, all right, hey, easy now on this spread. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a, kind of a pick em at game day when it comes to maybe a two-point spread due to home field advantage for Alabama. So um, it feels like everyone knows that this is an amazing game. Everyone knows what this game uh, is going to be. Um, there's no doubt that this has game of the year potential, just like last year's game. And the stakes are as high as ever. You know, whoever mm-hmm. wins this pretty much is going to the uh, SEC championship game. If they don't stumble along the way, all, all the stakes are on, you know, all the chips are on black. This is the moment of the, these two team seasons, you know, LSU had some slip ups. Alabama had a slip up, uh, early on though. So now they can, uh, rewrite their wrongs and, you know, get right where they want to be and possibly still have a chance in that college football playoff. Obviously there's a tall task in that championship game. Most likely they'll be playing the Bulldogs, but anything's possible. First, first things first, you got to get through the, either one of these teams got to get through each other. I got LSU holding on strong here in an amazing, amazing football game. First of all, it's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be electric. It's going to be incredible. I think Alabama really shows what kind of offense they can possibly have with Milrow. I think we see a lot of running with Milrow. God, not not so. a lot. Not a lot. But, like, moments. Just big moments for Milrow where he's going to get out of the pocket, run up the middle or something, make some plays with his legs. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he eclipsed about 70 rushing yards in this one. You know, something around 70, 75 rushing yards. Good Lord. Two, you mean, give me – yeah, two hundred uh, passing yards. He's gonna. I think he's gonna have a pretty good day, and I think the offense for Alabama is gonna look really good. But 
it's going to become a shootout. And that's just a bad recipe for Alabama. Not a lot of teams can go shoot out with LSU, and I don't believe they will be able to, even with all that skill on offense for Alabama, give me LSU Tigers in a masterful football game, college football personified, 38-34. to 34. Ooh. Yep. Ooh, man, if I have to have a heart attack game like this, like, like last year, dude, yes. I don't know if my anxiety could take it. Like, yes. I'm going to have to take so many an- – pre-anxiety meds just to get ready for this game Uh, because it's oh man this is like the bet like ultimately this is the best game of the year yes there's so many other games that have been like so many other games this year that have just been like oh man yeah this is guy game of the year written all over it this right here always has been game of the year this is what college football is all about these two historic teams Mm -hmm. these two teams that battle each other every year that they play it's all. I mean, this is what college football is all about, and I think that it's going to live up to the hype for sure. And it's going to show that first off, that Alabama's not going to lay down. LSU's not going to lay down either. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, the stakes are very high. Um, you know, wishing a great game between yes. both teams. Hope each player is safe and sound. Um, you know, but you got to go with your team. I got to go with my team. Yes. Obviously me and Nathan will not be around on Saturday no. to watch this game with each other. No, um, but you know, we will be within spirit, you know, yes. we'll text each other. Like you suck, uh, roll tide and uh, hold this L for me. Cause that's what we're going to be. That's what you're going to be holding this Saturday. What, it's going to be okay. What's that saying? The, uh, the fans say in the crowd, Carson, uh, suck that. Uh, what is it? Uh, I forget what it's called. I don't know, Nathan. This is your podcast. You say it. I can't remember what it's called, but I'm pretty sure that's what y'all will be doing after the game, Carson. So, mm-hmm. so, um, you ever heard Dick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Man. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't say that. I was going to say Dixie uh, Dixie Darling. I think that's saying Dixieland. Oh, I think that's what it's called that oh, we're seeing there in oh, Alabama. Oh, um, oh. That's what we'll be hearing. This This is what we'll be hearing. That's what we'll be hearing. That and the elephant, you know, the amazing elephant that we have in our beautiful stadium, loudest stadium in college football right now. Mm. Okay, maybe not the loudest, but, you know, one of the best environments in college football for sure. Um, You know, it's going to be a game for sure. It's going to be one of the – it's going to be the best game of the year. I don't care what anybody says. No other team, no other game this season is going to compare to what this – what the history about this game is all about. There's so much history about it. I mean, you can take the 2019 game – where each each team went back and forth, score for score. You could take last year's from uh, last year's, for example, um, previous games before back in 2010, the game of the century. Mm-hmm. And I think this game is going to be the game of the decade. Yes, I, I think it has that. It has it written all over it to be the best. Plus, I can't have Brian Kelly go two and zero against Nick Saban as an LSU Tiger. Oh, I can't have that. Can't have that. The Saban I mean, killer is that. What, is that what we're going to be calling a. Uh, oh. <laughs> The saving killer. <laughs> so can I call Lane Kiffin the Kelly killer? Fair enough. Fair okay, enough. there we go. There we go. Fair enough. They got us this year. It's okay. Yeah. You can call Steve the – no, you can't. You really can't call Steve that. You can't. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. Nick Saban has never lost back-to-back games. Except at uh, except at LSU, except at LSU, he no, did. He did. He lost. No, he lost to Ole Miss at Bama back to back, and he lost uh, we to don't LSU want to. We, for, we choose to forget. We choose to forget the Ole Miss losses. Hey, it's, but, all, it's yes. only happened like three or four times. Which it's is, only. I think it's only happened three times. To- I'm talking about like in SEC play. It's yes. probably only happened 
three times, twice maybe, with Ole Miss and Florida when he was at LSU. Yeah. Um, LSU got him twice too, so it's been three times that's happened yeah. in SEC play. And guess what? It's going to be yeah, I mean, it, and, and it takes a lot to beat the same T twice back-to-back, but we'll find out this Saturday. We'll find out this Saturday. Get ready for that fourth one, baby. Let's go. Just get ready. Hey, just get ready to text me Roll Tide, okay? No. Get ready to text me Roll oh, Tide. The smack tart okay? starts t- today. It starts today, brother. All right. Starts today. Okay. Okay. I got you. Come Saturday. Come Saturday. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. No, nah, man. It's going to be such a good it's game. Gonna, it's going to be amazing. Oh, game. I can't wait for it. This is the game that I ultimately wait to watch at the end, at the beginning of the year. Besides the Iron Bowl. Love the Iron Bowl. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think we should just hit. I think we should exit this, this, you know, with one last little, little tidbit here. If you play the LSU fight song, I'll kill you. I can't even play the Alabama fight song. That sucks. It's okay. You'll be hearing it all Saturday. But I think that will uh, wrap up episode 10 of College Kings. <laughs> That's really a great way to end the pod. <laughs> I think it's a great way to end the podcast for sure. Um, You know, man, great, great time on this podcast, obviously. Great week of games. We have a great slate. Hey, this, this coming up week, we have a better slate of games than we did last week. Last week was just upset week for a lot of teams. This week is just like where it gets down to the nitty gritty. Yes. Gets down to the nitty gritty. But man, always a pleasure and always an honor, sir. Yes, as always, my man. Another great pod of College Kings. Go down there. You've seen it all pod. You could follow where is it? right there. You can follow all those accounts and for all of our amazing right. content. Right there. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. You go out there following. You can see everything. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Go find this video because we did some awesome things. And listening, it might be a little confusing. Watching it, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Picture. Nate Dog Productions on YouTube, baby. Yes. Go look it up. Go subscribe. Go like. We we would love it. Yes. Um, You know. Always putting out content for y'all. Yes, as always, we love doing it, and we're doing it until we don't love doing it. All right. Thank you all once again. College Kings, Episode 10. Thank we you, sir. We are out. Peace. Deuces. Yeah.